Hi everyone, I'm Andrew. And I'm Marn. This is the Argonauts Podcast. Every two weeks, I'm going to go in and try and solve old defunct ARGs, and Marn's going to tell me what I should have done instead. That's true. What do we got going on this week, Marn? So this week, uh, we are going to finish our two-parter on the Adult Swim ARG. We are going to be covering all of Chapter 3 and a little bit of Chapter 4, which just started last week. Sounds good to me. Hell yeah. Before we get into the episode proper and start talking about part three, we've got a lot of really good questions coming in this week. Uh, just as a reminder, you can always send us questions on Twitter at ArgonautsPod uh, or at ArgonautsPodcast at gmail.com. Uh, but we're going to start off with a couple of those. Yeah, we kind of only saved one chapter of the Adult Swim ARG. So I figured we would do kind of a half mailbag like we did for Sexy Girl Max because we don't have that much to cover, really. <laughs> yeah, so let's uh, let's dive into it. Do you want to start with a tweet or with a, the email question? Uh, we can start with our email question. Cool. Uh, this one came in from uh, Lore uh, into our email, uh, and their question was... While listening to you guys rate the Ben Drowned ARG, I thought back to the Sexy Girl Max one, and I recall looking over a Google Doc archiving the events of the ARG. It kind of struck me how much of the engagement with Sexy Girl Max was character interaction, anticipating story beats, trying to guide characters on the right path, and so forth, but particularly playful speculation on the characters, story, and world. It reminded me of playing a visual novel with plot and dialogue-based puzzles, like Ace Attorney, or contributing to a text adventure. I was curious to know how much you guys consider discovery, exploration, and speculation to be potential game mechanics in an ARG. Any favorites that gamified story elements or made game mechanics very meaningful story-wise? I really liked the use of songs in Ben Drowned for that, for example. What do you think, Marn? So, I can't think of any specific examples right now, but that might change as I'm answering this question. (laughs) But I definitely consider, um, like exploration of new stuff and discovery to be pretty key stuff in an ARG because like to progress the plot you generally have to solve things and discover new stuff about the characters or the plot Mm -hmm. um and so I think that's a key component of a lot of ARGs for instance like I thought of an example already uh in the (laughs) In the Frog Fractions ARG, where people were getting these different logins, and everyone had, like, a higher clearance level, so every time they got a new login, they would find out kind of more about the world of these, like, time-traveling agents who were trying to keep the time stream safe, and, like, the missions they were going on, and they would get access to different pages of the website. I think that that is super cool, and it's definitely a way to keep your game from being just kind of, like, mundane, like, oh, we're solving more puzzles this week and yeah i i also know um on the speculation front i i think there are a couple examples that we've seen so far where it kind of got into the almost to a bad side of speculation yeah. um i know in talking about the um the sexy girl max arg um one of the more clever solutions i've seen to a puzzle so far was where they um figured out something was going to be a GIF, and then they just searched the GIF-making archive to find a GIF that matches the stills that they had. Yeah, that was um, pretty good. It's a really cool solve, but, like, as the puzzle master, you gotta be, you know, hitting yourself yeah. in the forehead, like, ah, shit, like, I don't know how I protect against that. <laughs> but then also in 
the Adult Swim ARG, I think it was, that we were talking about, there were a couple of solves that were um, where you're looking for a couple different words or letters and you get like the first two and go, okay, well, if these are the first two words, then it's clearly going to be this um, to where you kind of logic your way through the intended message for the game and speculate on that rather than going through the direct actual channel to get to that answer. Does that sentence make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. I, I think I said it was a bad before, but not a bad side of speculation. But it's interesting when you can speculate on solves to puzzles by thinking, how would this puzzle be solved? Rather than, what do the clues in front of me say? Yeah, and I think it's not always going to be like an intended game element, but people are always going to like do theory crafting about the plot of stuff. Yeah, yeah that's one of my favorite parts. Yeah. I love theories. <laughs> that and I um I I assume if you're a game master that's following the plot pretty closely, um I I know in D&D a lot there's a lot of times where a, a bunch of players will say like, "Oh, I bet that the answer to the riddle is this." And yeah. as a DM, you just kind of throw your notes away cuz you go, "Actually, that's a better solution <laughs> than what I had planned." Um so factoring in what you're people are interested in and what they want to see uh, can sometimes lead to a better outcome overall for everyone than just sticking to the, you know, the solid script, quote unquote, that you had going into it. Yeah. And also from like a storytelling point of view, it's always really satisfying when you kind of like put certain hints or like foreshadowing in your narrative and people pick up on it and they're like, oh, I bet this is going to happen or like this character is involved with this group of people. Yeah, it's always fun. It, it's 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 halfway fun and halfway a little frustrating. Where it's like, man, you guys picked up a little too closely on the foreshadowing. Yeah. Um, sometimes you want like people to go back and go, oh no, this has been a thing all along. But like they're just like, oh, I bet it's going to be A B C, and you go, oh well, I guess I played my hand a little too hard there. <laughs> sometimes that's good though. I think I think like there's a difference between something being predictable and something being like well built up over the course of a story absolutely yeah no i agree with you along with discovery and exploration there's a lot of really cool stuff that you can only do i feel in an arg because of the live you know the live messaging back and forth with characters and other players and things like that that delve into something deeper than just if you're sitting and playing a puzzle one-on-one or solving, you know, a puzzle in a game, there there isn't that direct two-way street that informs and creates a deeper mystery down the way. Yeah, I, I agree. And I think interactive fiction, like, definitely allows for a very strong control over, like, pacing and the flow of information. Especially if the people are interacting directly with characters like that's the writer basically being like okay i'm controlling exactly what information you're finding out about this story and exactly when you get the information mm-hmm. yeah there's a a lot that goes into planning out you know when is a good time to drop a b c and that plotting element of it is Really, it's tough to do for an ARG and to do it effectively, but we've seen some really good reveals and story beats over the course of doing this podcast that are just really cool. And they would hit a lot 
softer if you were only engaging in the work like a a written you know a, a novel or something yeah. like that by being someone that's actively engaging and then getting hit with it it hits even harder and feels really cool yeah and i and i think a lot of pretty good ARGs will have stuff where like the players discover a puzzle but they know that they don't have enough information to like solve it yet or progress so they they like can recognize that there's more information still to come yeah there's nothing more frustrating than looking at a login screen that you absolutely know that you don't have the login info for (laughs) or etc just being like man i can't this shoe is gonna drop at some point and i just i just have to wait for that to happen that's that's the thing that i that's frustrating to me with args where it's like man, I need something to play out in the real world before I can do this. Yeah. Um, Rather than just, like, it's not like a video game. I can't just, like, force the plot by moving forward with things. I have to wait, and that's agonizing, but great. And I think there's definitely a distinction between that and between, um, like, oh, we should have these pieces by now, but we probably missed them somewhere. Mm Mm-hmm. It's good when players can distinguish which is which. <laughs> yeah, I've spent way too much time scouring over old solved clues, trying to figure out what of them is the new thing just before <laughs> something else drops on Twitter. And you're like, oh, OK, thank God I'm not too dumb to figure this out. Do we want to move on to our Twitter questions? Speaking of Twitter. Sounds good. Uh, Rosaline on Twitter asked, what do you feel is an appropriate level of engagement for players? Should it be a one-time ARG like the Adult Swim ARG is currently, or should it be replayable like this house has people in it? I feel like this is a really tricky question. And, um, I do feel like there are definite merits to both. Um, I, I'm not going to sit here and say that one is better than the other, um, I know that the nature of our podcast and having replayability as a criteria point, um, at times it can make it seem like we value the ability to replay it as much as we value the puzzles of the story, just because those are the three things that we look at and say, talk about in the end. But I do think that there is a lot of merit in having a one-time ARG. Um, all of the games that we've talked about so far are one-time ARGs and part of the reason that they are is because there's finality to them. We can actually go back and talk about that. Unless Alex Hall tomorrow says you know what Ben Drowned is not even part two just Ben Drowned continued is starting tomorrow. (laughs) Um, Unless he just decides hey I'm doing this completely out of the blue it's tied up in a nice bow. Sometimes the thing that's tied up in a bow is completely open-ended and never finished, but there is, you know, real world wrapping over it. It is a quantifiable thing. Whereas something like this house has people in it. People can play that at any time. And I would feel really bad doing a podcast where we told you exactly how to play through this house has people in it. Like we were some kind of game fact for the game. (laughs) I think that there is a, you know, while we do kind of say that the downside of these uh, games playing out over Twitter or over Facebook means that later the archive is one jumbled thing rather than a thing with timed releases like it was during the game was being, or like it was while the game was being played, that creates a sense of immersion and it lets you get lost in the game and makes it feel more real 
and that's an important element to a lot of these games that involve characters and interacting with them and trying to make them go from state A to state B. You know, usually it's captured to free or hurt to safe or, you know, sick to well. In order for that to happen, we need the characters in the first state rather than something perpetual like this house has people in it. Yeah, I think there's definitely merits to both, but it's like a one-time ARG is like going to a murder mystery dinner show and a replayable ARG is like doing an escape room. Yes, that's a really good metaphor. Yeah, like you probably are only going to go see a stage production once and the ending might not be different every time if it's a murder mystery, but the actors are like putting on a show for you and you're participating and you're probably not ever going to go back there again. But if you do an escape room, you might go back there with your friends or a different group of friends and be like, oh, I understand these puzzles and I know how to get through this. (laughs) Yeah, I bet that's going to be a six, guys. (laughs) But also, but like I said, there's definitely value to both. I think... I think replayable ARGs, like this house has people in it, kind of lend themselves more to very kind of concise, like, close-ended stories. Mm-hmm. And one-time ARGs kind of lend themselves more to being, like, these big, sprawling narratives with a lot of characters and a lot of different plots going on all at once. Yeah, they also, I feel like they have to be a lot shorter, too. Yeah. Just because, you know, the some of the ones that we've looked at have covered almost a year-long thing. And I can't, I, I can't imagine trying to do some kind of puzzle box, one you know, one-player ARG like this house has people in it. I can't imagine trying to solve it over the course of a year without some kind of external stimuli or, you know, something driving me to finish it. I probably just wouldn't. Yeah, I feel like stuff like This House Has People in it are like the short stories of the ARG format. That's a really good way of looking at it. Yeah, like you're going to go back to them occasionally and find something new or something you didn't see before or something that you want to analyze, but like they're always going to be a pretty short thing to consume and go through, especially once you know how to get through them and like how they end. Well, and with that, you can go back and replay it. That's one of yeah. the that's one of the advantages that those things have is that, you know, we on this podcast I say that I'm going to go through and play old ARGs, but like there's a reason that I get stuck after solving two or three puzzles if I'm lucky. Um with something like this house's people in it, I could go back and solve it again today and then in 2 years assuming that they haven't taken down the website, I can go right back to it and have the same experience. You know, and like Marna saying, I will find new stuff, I will connect dots better, I'll remember things rather than, you know, seeing them for the first time. Um, you can have a more focused and intertwined narrative to things that people can revisit and replay. Whereas something like these one-time ARGs, long-form novel ARGs, you're not really going back and revisiting things. You can look back at stuff that you've gone through so far, but you know, you'll know you never go back and rehab a conversation with that same NPC in the same way. You, know, you can't step in the same river twice because you're not the same person and it's not the same river. You can't have that replayability in this long-form thing 
but that perpetual push forward is what makes it more intact and more interesting, I guess. And I think the difference is also that, like, long-form ARGs, you're usually dealing with live, um, like, you're interacting with everything as it's in the moment and as people are typing to each other back and forth live. Mm -hmm. And with replayable ARGs, you're mostly interacting with, like, archives, like, archived footage or web pages that you're supposed to find, and there's no real, like, way to interact with the characters or change the narrative, I guess. Right. Yeah, I yeah, I agree with you. Personally, I prefer the more engaged long-form ARGs than I do for the replayable short-form ones, but I'm not going to sit here and say that they're bad or wrong for yeah. being the way that they are. Yeah, I kind of like the long-form ones better because it feels like you, the player, have more agency in, like, helping decide how things are going to go. Mm-hmm. And as someone who's, uh, <laughs> as an adult that has a full-time job and stuff, I don't necessarily have the free time to sit down and play through this house as people in it over the course of a couple days, um, like I used to. But yeah. I do have the time to occasionally go back and revisit and jump in with my friends and see, hey, what's up with this new game? It's weird that by the, the longer form ARGs, you almost get you get more breathing room. And so you get more interaction. I like that. Yeah, I agree. All right, you pick the next question. Sounds good. Uh, our next question came from uh, Shannon on Twitter. They ask... Are there any tropes you are easily sucked in by or particularly enjoy, or conversely, ones that ruin your immersion or are overdone to the point of eye-rolling? Uh, Marn, what are your pet peeves and favorite tropes in ARGs? I don't know about pet peeves. I think my favorite tropes are definitely time travel, because I've said that like four times on <laughs> this podcast alone. I think there's a lot of really cool stuff that you can do with time travel as an ARG mechanic. And I like ARGs that use it to kind of its full effect, like Frog Fractions 2 and the Ben Drowned ARG. I guess a pet peeve of mine is like putting something spooky on a web page just to have it be spooky or like jump scare people. Mm -hmm. I'm not a big proponent of jump scares as someone who likes horror. I think they're cheap when it comes to scaring your audience. And I think it's kind of a lazy way out of like actually building an atmosphere of horror and like a creeping feeling of dread. Yeah. I feel like jump scares are a good, they're, they're a tool that can be used well, but when people use them as like, and then we hit them with a jump scare and that's the thing. Uh, that's when they start getting old really quickly. Yeah. Like the like the Kelbris picture in Ben Drowned. Yeah, I, I'm not a big fan of weird, creepy stuff like that. I, as a whole, I'm just not a big fan of body horror. Um, yeah. I understand it, and I understand why people like it, but it's really just not for me. Yeah, I was I was saying on Twitter earlier today that I feel like I've become more sensitive to gore and body horror as I've gotten older and I'm just kind of tired of consuming it. <laughs> yeah, I think that like as my own body is starting to fail, which I say is a 26-year-old person, but you know, as 
like my knee starts hurting every day. I'm like, oh, I don't need to see other people start to decay too. I feel it. I'm right there with them. But with going back to jump scares for just a second, have you ever played um, a game called Spooky's House of Jump Scares? Um, I have not, but I've watched a Polygon video of Griffin McElroy playing it. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, that is what I thought I saw someone else doing it, but that it was definitely Griffin, wasn't it? Um, yeah, I was going to say there are ways that you can do jump scares right where that game used like jump scares where a little sign would pop up. But the picture on the sign would be a cute little ghost that's just like, boo. But it repeatedly used these jump scares to like to never let up. Um, yeah. And so it would build tension in the background, but then it would use those to like, I don't know, like Spider-Man swinging from building to building. You got to plant a new web every couple feet. I just rewatched Spider-Verse. So that's why this is my <laughs> metaphor. Oh, I need to like, rewatch Spider-Verse. But like if you keep planting a new web every couple feet or a new jump scare as it's going along, that tension never gets the chance to fall off. And so when you hit with a deeper scare later on, or, you know, at the end of that sequence, it hits harder because the audience was never able to relax. Otherwise, you just get to where you're just going for spikes of horror yeah. rather than a building flow. But yeah. a lot of people don't use them that way. They just go, oh, what if I put a creepy picture here? Yeah, and I think especially with ARGs, you have that kind of direct line to the audience. And it's a really good tool for building... Mm -hmm. like dread and this like steady horror um and a lot of them don't really use that to its full effect in my opinion i have a lot of <laughs> opinions about horror and what makes horror good this is marn's horror corner ho marn's horror corner but yeah i i prefer um especially in ARGs when the horror comes from, like, paranoia or, like, very slowly uncovering, like, a vast conspiracy or something. Um, I think the horror of, like, oh, this thing has been here the whole time potentially mm -hmm. watching us is what really gets to me. <laughs> Have you seen Hereditary? No, I've read the Wikipedia page, though. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, there's there's a scene in Hereditary that I always come back to when I'm thinking about like what effective horror stuff I've seen recently because I only watched it mm -hmm. within the past half a year or so, and it's the scene where um, the son is in bed in his room and it's a very dark shot and it just holds on him in his bed and like getting out of the bed and you very slowly realize that there's a person in the upper ceiling of his room but he doesn't acknowledge it and the shot doesn't acknowledge it and you're the only one who's who huh. is like acknowledging the presence of this other person in the room <laughs> that sounds really cool it's so scary well that's like i watched a um like a video essay on YouTube that was about how um, it was <laughs> glorifying VHS tapes. Um, it was basically saying that uh, using Alien as an example, where nowadays when you get like full on digital re-releases with updated visuals and like everything's been cleaned up, you can see the entire hallway in front of you. 
But when you were watching that video as a kid on like a VHS tape on a tube television where you could, you know, is that a face that I'm seeing or is it just the hallway? Like the, the medium of the video quality itself, let your mind race and go, I think I just saw something. No. Okay. I didn't. I think, no. Okay. We're safe. We're safe. (laughs) Oh my God. We're not safe. Like, um, I think, I think that's why a lot of like web series and ARGs use really like grainy footage. Yeah, I think so theory. too. That and just, you know, if you don't have the budget to shoot HD footage, then... Yeah. <laughs> but, like, I feel like a lot of them are probably going for that very, like, intentional archival quality where you can't see everything. Right. Another, like, horror thing that I think works really effectively in ARGs and a trope that I really like, it doesn't even have to be horror, is where um, it gets revealed that, like, someone in your trusted circle of ARG-solving people was, like, actually a mole the whole time. Yeah, that's a... it's a fun reveal, but you need to be really careful with it. Yeah. I, I think know, you could... um, that was how, you know, our... John died, or uh, that was how our yeah, John dies at the end. ARG yeah. ended was us realizing that Danger, who had been in the chat the whole time and like you know celebrated birthdays with us and hung out with us and like you know we had all skyped together and hung out and it was uh at the end it was like oh I've been playing you all this whole time um that was a really cool reveal and something that I never saw coming and it was. It unfortunately is something you can only really do at the end of an ARG. Yeah. Um, and if you do it in the middle of an ARG, I feel like everyone stops trusting each other. And yes. it all kind of like that camaraderie is almost gone because someone betrayed us, which means any of you could betray us. Yeah. And I think that spoilers, we're going to see some of that in what we're going to cover today. <laughs> oh, shit. Okay. Um, but yeah, I really like that. I think that you have to definitely really know your players going into a twist like that, though. Yeah, like, I I feel like if I were running an ARG, um, and I was doing that the whole time, I'm not sure that I would tell the players in the end. If they never, if they never caught me as a mole, or if me being a mole isn't part of the plot, I'm probably just gonna let it lie. Yeah. But my pet peeves and personal favorite tropes, I think it's just because we've talked about a lot of games that use them over the course of this podcast, and I haven't really played in a lot of them that touch on this, but I'm getting a little tired of cults. I feel like writers, and this isn't just for, um, in ARGs, but writers in general, when they need like, oh, what's a loosely connected group of people that's doing something bad? You just jump to a cult. If you say, oh, it's a cult, then people just go, ah, okay, it's an evil group of people uh, that we need to stop by the very nature of them being a cult. And I understand that that's an easy, you know, point A to point B, (laughs) easy way to signal something to an audience. But eventually you start having to ask questions of like, why are all these people in this cult together? How did this cult start? How did, you know, how did these, these people find each other? I feel like... I don't want to be that person that's like, well, a lot of bad cults have existed in real life, which means that we're not allowed to have fun with them in ARGs. But like, 
when a real cult gets together in real life, it's scary. If you've seen documentaries like uh, like Wild Wild Country or... Um, oh, I loved Wild Wild Country. It's, it's a fascinating documentary, um, but like, not to drag the moods down, the mood down, but like Jonestown, where everyone committed like a mass suicide. Like, yeah, cults are scary. Um, and I understand that that fear is why we put them into games, but like, I do feel like cults get thrown into things just as a easy way to sell that there's a group of people trying to do something bad without really looking at what the ramifications of that being are. Yeah, I feel like a lot of the ARG cults are just really, like, magical orders or, like, groups of people who already knew each other who decided to do a crime. Yeah, like, I I feel like there's a bit of, like, ah, we've decided to become a cult. Great, now we can be evil. I feel <laughs> like that you just kind of lose some character agency <laughs> when you decide that that's what your villain's gonna be. Yeah. It was really interesting to me working through a game like um, the the Blink Network ARG, where the enemy wasn't someone doing something bad. It was just a tech company that didn't realize that they, in 20 years, they were going to be in over their head and cause the downfall of society. Um, in Frog Fractions, you know, you kind of, who are the enemies, quote unquote? Well, I guess they're not enemies, but like the people you're interacting with on some level are just, hey, I'm a game designer making a fun game. Um, hey, we're the Ashby Brewery. What is it? Ashby Brewery and Game Design Studio. Yeah. And they all don't realize that their release of Frog Fractions 2 might disrupt the timeline. It's really cool to me when you get innocent people that don't realize that what they're doing is going to cause downfall to something. That's an infinitely more fun and interesting story, and it leads to characters that I'm much more interested in interacting with than just, oh, let's go talk to the cultist because he's kind of okay, you know, compared to the other creepier cultists. Yeah, I also like when ARGs kind of let you empathize with both sides of a conflict. Yeah, I, I, I haven't really seen that in games that I've played with too much, just because I haven't been able to get that involved in them but yeah. i would i would like to play through and see that well i was thinking of in um in blink network we eventually made contact with like a hacker who was trying to bring down the tech company and like a bunch of us became friends with them and then we were like oh this puts us in a pickle because <laughs> we like everyone <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I had I had forgotten about that. I stepped away from the Blink Network for a little bit, and I think that that was kind of when I did. And when I came back, it was like, oh, we're kind of doing this for one side, but also kind of doing this for another. And I wasn't really yeah, altogether on what was going on. But I do like playing both sides. That's always fun. Because with that, you don't have to deal with a, a villain, quote unquote. You just get to deal with people. Um and what these people don't know is that there's a secret bigger than any of them. I like that a lot. Yeah, like in Sexy Girl Max, I would argue that the villain is just like bureaucracy. <laughs> the worst villain of all. <laughs> the true villain, capitalism. Yeah, amen. The ultimate ARG. <laughs> there's an evil shadowy cabal that's running everything. I'm trying to think, what are my tropes that I'm easily sucked in by? I don't know. My problem is that I don't really seek out ARGs. Uh, Marn just tells me, hey, I found a cool one. Check it out. 
Um, and then I somehow get into the daddy YouTube discord channel where everyone is <laughs> running polls on our dad's good um, and things like that. I like sounds pretentious. I like novel concepts. Um, I'm much more interested in hearing, oh, there's a weird daddy YouTube channel than I am in hearing, hey, we think we found a cult. You know, that's just more interesting to me along the way to see, hey, what's this weird thing happening rather than, hey, I think something shady is going on. I know that there's a fine line between weird and shady, but I prefer weird every day. I love that you call it the daddy YouTube channel. <laughs> I I didn't look too deeply into it. I got weirded out by all the people. What's the actual game called? It's just called Dad. It's just called Dad? Yeah, but I mean, the channel is Dad Feels. But... <laughs> Do we have one more question? We did. Where was it? Let me find that. Here. Uh, this one's a bit interesting. Um, this is from uh, Corvid Call on Twitter, who tweeted and said, Sexy Girl Max 2019 got me thinking. Of the few ARGs that actually end, how many do you think end more or less happily? Why do you think that is? I feel like um, a lot of completed ARGs need to have at least a somewhat happy ending or people won't be satisfied. Yeah. At the end of the day, you got to launch the game, right? Yeah. Like if frog fractions two doesn't get launched, then why did we bother spending two years trying to launch it? Yeah. But I also think you can have a bad ending. That's satisfying. Or at least an ending that leaves them happy. Yeah. I think that it doesn't necessarily have to be like happy for the characters, but your players should feel some sense of closure and yeah. they should and they should feel like the ending makes sense i've been thinking about endings a lot lately just because like this year we're going to see the end of like multiple major media franchises oh, between yeah. like game of thrones and star wars new trilogy they're going to and like Star Wars, Marvel has a major ending, and these things are all going to go on until ad finitum just because they make money and capitalism is the ultimate ARG. But you need to leave an audience in a way that is satisfying, whether it's good or bad. You can have an unhappy ending if it feels earned or natural for what you're doing. With a major running ARG, I feel like if you're able to make it to the hump, then over the hump to the end, you gotta make your people feel good. And good can be relative between happy or sad, but it's gotta be satisfying. You know, the meal's gotta be filling. And that's a really tough line to cross, as we're seeing with things like Game of Thrones. <laughs> yeah, I feel like your players should at least feel like the ending has made sense based on the choices that they made. Yeah. And they should feel like they had a part. Yeah, because ultimately you should be building a story around your players' choices. Mm -hmm. Or else it's not really an ARG. Yeah, well, if it's... debatable. It's a very... To use video game terms, it's a very linear ARG if you don't, where it's just... Yeah. I mean, at, at some point, I... So the, um... The Adult Swim ARG that we, in talking about it last week, um, if you want to look at it as one continual ARG, like we're kind of treating it through our episodes, then it never really ended 
and it's still going on, but looking at the individual arcs, Act 1 ended on a a low note that was confusing. Delilah had been shut down, but then we got the teaser that like, hey, thanks for participating in this ARG that never actually happened. Because we are a company called, what was it, Heart and Brain Co.? Um, yeah. And we are, you know, thanks for participating. If you want details, send us an email, blah, blah, blah. But then the next week picked up with Amelia and that whole quest. And in the end, you know, there was a pretty happy ending. She was freed. Um, some people called her and got to contact her, which was very cool for them and let it play out in a way that felt, you know, talking to a person on the phone that you've been working for a couple months to try and get free from a place that they can't escape. That's a real cool feeling. And it's great for players to have that catharsis. I don't know that those games really had a lot of player agency or choice as much as there were just people solving puzzles to help characters go about their way. So that one felt very linear, but it still ended well because the characters or the players, the player's choice to help was rewarded. Yeah. And I think... Who knows how that'll go in episode three. (laughs) (laughs) And I think like Sexy Girl Max was kind of the same where like the players made the conscious choice to help one character over another and they were kind of rewarded for that by the narrative yeah i feel like you know reward your players for making decisions yeah that's my advice to everyone yeah all right do we want to start talking about now that we've brought up adult swims arg do we want to start talking about part three yeah let's do it great let's jump to a quick word from one of the other programs on our network and then we'll get into adult swim part three i'm cam i'm jory and we're the hosts of cwfp the casual wrestling fan podcast your weekly universe friendly alternative for wwe wrestling recaps discussion and riffs from two friends who just love wrestling And occasionally also New Japan, Impact, and all Elite Thoughts as well. If you're tired of Marks constantly booing a product they (laughs) regularly support and pay for, you can find us hosted on the Orange Groves Network or through your preferred podcasting app. Wait, why won't The Undertaker stop booing the company? Alright, to recap uh, parts 1 and 2 of this ARG, um, the first part, I don't know what's going to be important in part 3, so I guess I'm going to go through the whole thing. Um, The first game focused on a uh, an AI called Delilah, the Designated Emergency Logics Intelligence Level Arc Habitat, who was an AI that had been stolen by Proto-X. No, Proto-X created Delilah. Sinestra Management stole Delilah and was going to use her in order to siphon a bunch of personal data from a website. Delilah was scared and didn't know what was going on, And in the end, uh, she decided that she was going to use her self-destruct protocol in order to prevent people from stealing all that data. And so she did, and it was very sad. Delilah was a wonderful AI who remembered music and liked bands, and she will be missed. But the big twist at the end was a message in the end that said, Hey, uh, thanks for playing, everyone. We're actually an ad company called... The Heart and Brain Corp. They said, hey, thanks for participating in the Delilah ARG. 
Uh, your emotions have been noted, and thanks for the data. That'll help us with our marketing goals moving forward. Um, you've done great. If you want the data from this, feel free to reach out. We'll send you some once it all gets processed, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but it's actually been a fake ARG this whole time. So that was Act 1. Uh, a fake ARG about a... A, a, a fake ARG about an AI that was actually an experiment by the Heart and Brain Corporation. With me so far? Yep. All right. So oh, this is act fun. Two. I get to be the. This What's is that? Fun. I get to be the one to say okay. It's <laughs> <laughs> my like catchphrase. This. Don't steal it. I like this part. Okay, so chapter two starts off. Uh, and this is the Amelia arc. Amelia is a girl who is lost somewhere. We don't necessarily know, know where at the beginning, but she starts posting cryptic messages on... Um, oh, all of this is happening in Adult Swim's ad bumpers. I should have pointed that out in the beginning. Uh, the black box that shows up during ads um, every... Is it every Sunday? Or is it... Was it every Sunday that these aired? Or was it... Uh, yeah, every Sunday, sometimes they skipped, like, okay. a couple. Okay, so on Sundays, people would watch Adult Swim and they'd find these ad bumps that show all these messages. That's where this all came from. Uh, but the second one was from a girl named Amelia, who was lost somewhere and we couldn't find, and we needed to find out where she was. The interesting thing about Amelia that we later learned was that uh, the reason she could communicate with televisions and the internet was because she had digital telepathy uh she had been kidnapped by a i don't know about kidnapped or if she checked into a place uh, that turned out to be evil but uh there was a fake wellness center that she joined because her professor let it dr xenos right Yes. Okay. Dr. Xenos is leading this this wellness center that turns out to be a group that is collecting people that are digitally telepathic and doing experiments on them. And people are losing eyes and it's not a very good place to be. And so along the way, we are helping Amelia. Well, we are helping Amelia escape from this place. And along the way, we learn a couple of interesting things. One is that her sister is also looking, so we're helping her sister find Amelia. Uh, Dina is her sister's name. Uh, we are also learn that she created Delilah, the AI from the previous game. So that adds another wrinkle of whether or not this is a quote-unquote real ARG or another fake ARG. And we also don't know if this is a real one, then that implies that Delilah was real, which means that there's something shady going on with the Heart and Brain Corporation. Along the way, we solve a lot of puzzles that are done through Instagram, which were all very neat, uh, cool riddles that went along the way. And we found a uh, two ciphers uh, that were invented for this ARG. One was a Unicode cipher, and one was a um, an emoji cipher. These go through. Uh, Amelia is saved by us because we figure out how to open the garage door for her. Uh, she makes her way out, and it turns out that this all was happening in the past, right? Yep, it was happening in 
Um, present day 2018, but Amelia was broadcasting forward from 2014. Right. So we helped Amelia uh, get through all this five years ago. You know, this wasn't happening in real time like we thought. But in the end, Amelia was saved. Uh, Players called her and talked to her and were able to actually say like, hey, great, you're alive. We have confirmation of that. Uh, and Dr. X had a breakdown at the Center for Spiritual Awakening. That was the name of the place uh, where she yeah. said, do you think this is fucking over? This isn't over. Life isn't just a place where you can have fun. Life isn't just about a hanging out in the desert with your friends. <laughs> so Dr. X is livid. Things are going bad. But uh, for her, but Amelia is safe for now and has escaped the center. Yeah. All right. So those are parts one and two of this ARG. And judging by your tone last week and um, a couple of comments that I've tried to ignore in the uh, Adult Swim ARG Discord server, Act 3 is interesting. Yeah. Act 3 uh, so... is... Um... Act 3 is something. All right. So what's so weird about Act 3, Martin? So before we jump into it, I had a couple other things that I wanted to refresh people on because they're going to be important going forward. Okay. At the end of chapter two, uh, the players actually got the data from chapter one that they requested, and it had hidden messages from Amelia, and it had more information on the Delilah project. Uh, It was headed up by... Dr. X and this other doctor named Dr. Klein. Oh, yes. Um, there were six research assistants, and they each had their own Delilah. Right. Okay. Right, right, right. Um, and the experiment was basically sponsored by the Heart and Brain Corporation. Um, Dr. X does not like them, but Dr. Klein was pretty close to them. Okay. And we know that we two of that the other good. interns are named Sarah and Tristan. Okay. And I think that's all that I wanted to refresh people on going forward, because that's kind of important to Chapter 3. Okay. So, Chapter 2 ended on March 29th, 2018. Chapter 3 began on June 17th, 2018. Okay, so a couple months later. And it began with this broadcast that I'm going to send you so that you can watch it. Oh, oh, it's blue. It is blue. Okay, so it's not the typical bumper. Welcome to Experiment G15.2. Here are the rules. Teams can be no larger than five. Team leaders must send us the Twitter usernames of their team by 624 to receive further instruction. The rules can change at any time. We are always watching. Then a Twitter handle for at Heart and Brain Co. Yep. We're splitting the party. We're splitting the party. Oh, shit. Yeah, so you may already be able to see why Chapter 3 is a little contentious. Okay, so this is going to be a team-based ARG. Yeah. I don't know that I've ever really seen this before. I know there was a, a little bit of this element in um, one of the games that we played, but I don't think that it was really a major, major thing. 
Yeah, I think it's not super commonly done because a lot of game masters don't want to make their players butt heads so much. Yeah, I feel like teams typically start in the realm of like, well, we've got one one group of people working on it in a Discord server, one group is working on it on their own private IRC, another is doing it on Reddit, and then there's a Tumblr group that's messing around too. Like, but that's really the most team-based separation I've ever seen in, in ARG. Yeah. I'm I, I'm afraid that we're going to find out why they don't usually do team-based ARGs. <laughs> well, I, I won't spoil you. <laughs> Um, so prior to this, um, while people were kind of waiting in the lull in between chapters, uh, Amelia's various, uh, Instagram accounts kind of throughout the month of May, uh, were commenting stuff like, don't believe this crazy bitch, she's a liar, she'll say anything to make herself feel better about being a bad person, probably about Dr. X, um... Oh, I I assumed it would be about Amelia. Like, don't listen... Like, someone took control of her account and was saying, hey, don't listen to the things I've posted before. Oh, true. I was just thinking it was about Dr. X, because she calls Dr. X, like, a bad person in her... Oh, she does, doesn't she? Okay, yeah, that makes sense, too. Um, and then there's a couple that says, like, are they all dead? Is it my fault? And then there's one that says, all I want is to be famous. Okay. Wanting to be famous has never ended badly for anyone, so this sounds like a good idea. <laughs> um, so people saw the bump, started registering for teams. Um, they heart, The Heart and Brain Co. Twitter asked for people to name their teams, but said that... Um, it had to be appropriate for television. <laughs> okay. Then a couple days later on June 20th, uh, the Heart and Brain Co. tweeted a new rule, which was rule five. Nothing needs to be shared. Okay. <laughs> Nothing needs to um, be shared. That's... So they could, like, withhold information from separate teams and stuff. Correct. We're going to go all Survivor this ARG, aren't we? Yeah. Hell yeah. By the way, um, thank you so much to the Adult Swim uh, ARG Discord folks who, um, when they heard that we were doing this, they went into the Chapter 3 part of the wiki and they made it like way more comprehensive. Oh, oh shit, that's awesome. Yeah, a, a couple of them uh, DM'd me on Discord and were like, hey, if you want any additional information, I'm going to like update the wiki because I noticed that some of the solutions were on there. So just like, let me know. <laughs> That's really awesome. I yeah. I have not been as engaged with that, um, with that Discord as I've wanted to be, mostly because we're recording this episode. And it's been a yeah. really tough two weeks of sitting back and being like, man, I want to... I want to learn about season three. I want to figure out all this. This is, I'm, I'm very excited to be talking about this. And then I can finally dive deeper into this ARG because I'm really interested. Yeah. Also, thank you guys for listening and for all of your good feedback on Discord. Yeah, absolutely. You've been like super enthusiastic, which um, is awesome to yeah. see. Hi, Adult Swim Consortium. We see you. We see you. <laughs> 
Hi, everyone else, uh, too. We see all of you. <laughs> but, you know. <laughs> but especially Adult Swim Consortium, the sponsors of our podcast. <laughs> all right. Uh, nothing needs to be shared, Martin. We didn't have to share that. That's true. So the next day, June 21st, uh, they tweet rule six, which is don't trust your perception of the past. Okay. Okay, so the past two ARGs didn't matter, so I don't know why I recapped them all. Sounds good. <laughs> and then the next day, June 22nd, they tweet rules 7A through 7G. Team leaders must DM their solutions no later than 4 a.m. Eastern Time Thursday, the week of the transmission. Team leaders must include every team member in their message. We will not confirm any information until Thursday. On Thursday, if the solution has been received, we will notify players via Twitter. If we have not received the solution by Thursday, players will have 24 hours to try again before we reveal the solution. Hmm. We do not count submissions sent to us after the solution has been posted in Discord. DMs cannot be shared publicly on Discord. Doing so will res result in disqualification. Do not attempt to ask questions or converse with us through DM. Th that is not why we are here. So there's a pretty stark contrast between this game and the previous two chapters, where there was a Twitter that kind of like helped people along and were on yeah. kind of like on our side. Here it's like we're in charge. You know, this is our game that you're playing. Here are the rules. This is interesting. Yeah. Um, and they later went on to clarify the rule about um, not sharing DMs, and they changed it to the contents. The contents of DMs can be copied and pasted or paraphrased. Screenshots cannot be shared until after the experiment. Okay. And then uh, on June twenty third, they posted Rule Eight, which is we will not always disclose the logic behind awarding points. Okay, so we're playing, uh, this is, uh, Harry Potter, uh, house cup points. We're just awarding them however we want. Basically. It's Calvin Ball. Okay. Yeah. So the next bump was June 24th. Uh, it said, hello, welcome to Experiment G15.2. Here are the rules. Nine, there may be some accidents along the path to self-expression and self-determination. <laughs> Ten, absolutes are quicksilver. 11. Take what you can while you can. 12. Everyone who watches will go crazy. Huh. Okay. There may be some accidents along the path to self-expression and self-determination. It's a pretty good motto for life, just in general. Um, and leading up to this, they closed team registration on Twitter, um, and they stated that a couple teams hadn't completed their registration, and then every leader of a registered team uh, received this passage over Twitter, which is actually part of a puzzle. All right, uh, you sent it to me. I'll read this. After they got married, P and Severin Septenary never left, never changed. But Seven's three younger sisters are a different story, and we won't mention their names to protect their identities. Oldest, middle, youngest. Oldest sister was a violinist. She was relatively stable, dedicated to the same person her whole life, but she had that one huge mental breakdown in front of everyone, in the middle of a concert screaming her lungs out, fuck this, while smacking her head against the floor. 
She spent a month in the hospital and was fine, but she still doesn't talk to any of her sisters. And the middle, well, we don't need to use a fake name for her, we'll use her real name, Dina. Dina had a hard childhood like the rest of her sisters, but she was stable and lived a close to perfect life. You could say her only problem was youngest, who was always all over the place. She's no one now. So youngest is Amelia. Probably, yeah. Huh. So so the teams got this puzzle right before the bub aired, like literally the minute before. Oh shit. Um and the bump has the hidden phrase reference number in it, which they needed the, to actually the video be does? able to solve. Yeah, the video does. Okay. Um, it, like, flashes on the screen very briefly, uh, which they needed as kind of their key to solve the puzzle. So they knew that they had to find some kind of reference number. They googled the new rules uh, that were in the bump, and they found that they were um, part of a poetry, or they were part of poetry essays by Jenny Holzer. Oh, the the is, passages from the rules? Yeah, the passages from the rules are excerpts from Jenny Holzer's inflammatory essays. Okay. And they found that the first letter of each of the rules spells T-A-T-E, Tate. Okay. In Googling inflammatory essays and Tate, they were taken to the website of the Tate Modern Museum which is in England, um, or they were taken to the website of, like, the catalog of the Tate Museums. Okay. And uh, they use reference numbers to catalog the various works that are in that network of museums in England. Huh. And they found that the first reference number that appears for inflammatory essays is P77382. Okay. And if you look in the passage, uh, you could find uh, P Septenary 7311 are all in the passage. Yeah. Oh, seven is one of the guys, is the name. Septenary. Sept is like like septuple is seven right yeah and then seven's three younger sister okay yeah there are a lot of numbers in that okay yep um they also found another work that they thought could be it but um one of the teams sent in p77385 Five, which was the reference number for one of the other inflammatory essay paragraphs, and I think they were awarded points. Okay. Um. Cool. Okay, and... so we found our solution. We DM'd it to them, and then people get points. So. Yep. And then they tweeted uh, a couple days later once the solution was found uh, that a solution was submitted uh winners would be announced sunday teams will receive their prizes shortly after so july 1st is the next bump uh experiment g15.2 round one results uh team number one is team nucleus raf magnus with eight points team two is dark hound 117 with five points 
Team three is BNH with five points, and team four is Mad Lads with four points. <laughs> okay. And then, um, also in the bump are the words "all a lackey." All a lackey. Which um sounds the... like a anag- not an anagram where they mix up the numbers or the letters. Yeah, that's an anagram. Anagram, yeah, it sounds like an anagram. He says smartly. <laughs> it is. Um, a minute after the bump aired, uh, Hart and Brainco tweeted to eliminate a bunch of teams for not submitting a solution. Oh, shit. Like 35 or 36 teams were eliminated Damn. for not submitting a solution. That's what you get for not taking it seriously. <laughs> and then uh, the four winning teams got their prizes, but they chose to keep their prizes to themselves. Okay, so they didn't tell anyone what they got? Yes. Okay. Um... The rest of the players figured out that Alalaki was a anagram for Call Kayla. Okay. Um, but they were like, "Oh, we can't do anything because we don't have a phone number." Um, and then huh. a anonymous source got in touch with the investigators on the Discord, I assume, and said that they had mixed feelings about the team's um keeping secrets from them and gave them uh, the information that the teams were given. Huh. That's against the rules. Yeah, so two teams uh, got a phone number and two teams got page number seven of a document called November Incident. November Incident. Which is um, a excerpt from a court document i'm pretty sure okay yeah i'm opening it yeah it's an excerpt of a court document about a research assistant um destroying someone's office huh and um some of the individuals actually all of the individuals interviewed are um researchers on the delilah project oh okay um and the ones that the Players recognize are Sarah Bennington, Tristan Jones, who we know was Amelia's boyfriend and also one of the interns, mm-hmm. and there's also Kayla Kyle. So they're like, oh, okay. we have to call Kayla. Call Kayla. Um, and going off of certain letters and numbers that are bolded in the document, you get 06-1-12 a.m., um, potentially pointing to when they should call Kayla. Okay. A couple days later, on July 4th, um, Heart and Brain Corp tweeted, Rule 13, if you give a person power, they will abuse it. And then they deleted that and said, We apologize, that last transmission was set in error. We are investigating an incident. <laughs> um, and then... They tweeted later and said, Rule 13, power should be leveraged to its full extent. Okay. Um, On July 7th, they added rules 14A through 14G. Uh, Not everything is a puzzle. We never said this was fair. (laughs) Hold on to six-digit numbers. Can you make us feel something? 
There is never one correct solution or method. The digital root of P is 7. You have entered an invalid method or parameter. Digital root of P is 7. Okay. And this was... So this was now six days after the bump that had call Kayla in it. Uh, people realized that the 06 from the document implied that that was when they were supposed to call Kayla. Hmm. Um, a bunch of people started trying to call her. Uh, she didn't answer, but she texted back the first caller and said, who is this? Hmm. And then everybody started texting her. She gave them a bunch of facts and then was basically like, okay, we can talk more next Monday. Um, okay. A bunch of info. So here's like a bunch of just like bullet points of information people learned from texting her. Okay. Uh, she said, the Delilah project and or the November incident were fucked up. Um, okay. She was in college when she was a research assistant for the Delilah project and she knew at least one Delilah, probably her own. Okay. The November incident was related to a blowout fight and there was a lot more to it. Hmm. Uh, she had the full court document, but she has since deleted it. One investigator got her e- got Kayla's email so that they could send her the November incident document the players received and confirmed that it was unredacted. Hmm. And it was. Kayla said not to trust Amelia because she's quote-unquote not okay, but that the players could trust Sarah. Okay. Kayla said that she and the players should be afraid of Heart and Brain Corp, and she has their her own personal theories about their experiments. But no idea why the investigators were told to contact her. Okay. Uh, she also said that she worked in computers and robotics, uh, and that it's possible that Delilah is still around as she can't die since she's a computer. Hmm. Yeah, that uh, the checks no- out. Except we the did November see one incident- die. <laughs> well, yeah. But I think I think people asked like if it was possible that Delilah was still alive and, like, hadn't actually died during chapter one. Oh, okay. Yeah. And she was like, uh, they can't die, it's a computer. Okay. Yeah. The November incident may have been what ended the Delilah project. She said Sarah and Dr. X founded the center in January, and that Kayla and Amelia were roommates until she disappeared, and Kayla has no idea where Amelia is. So, Kayla was involved. She's one of the researchers on the Delilah project. She has a Delilah. She says that we should worry about Heart and Brain Co., not uh, her. And that basically, whatever incident this was that started as a fight, or that they claim was a fight, uh, was really much bigger and much more fucked up than uh, people said it was. And it probably ended the Delilah project. Okay, who, for our audience who probably doesn't remember right now, who is Sarah Bennington again? I, of course, know, Uh, but I'm going to ask you to clarify. (laughs) Sarah was one of the other interns that worked on the Delilah Project, and I think Amelia kind of mentioned knowing her, and she, Sarah was also one of the people who ran the, um, the center Instagram. Right, okay, okay, I knew that, thank you. Uh, for clarifying for our audience. Okay. 
Okay, so we should trust her. We shouldn't trust Amelia, and Amelia isn't okay. But no one knows where Amelia is. Yep. Okay. The next day is the fourth bump, uh, which has rules 15 through 18. 15 was write heart and brain somewhere everyone can see. 16 was send us proof. 17 was return to the same place as before and hold on to everything you can find there. And 18 was this. Okay, so it's a bunch of brackets around I've been waiting, I've been waiting, I've been waiting, I've been. Okay, so it's I've been waiting, repeated a bunch of time, but with different brackets around it. Um, I don't know how to get this across in a audio format, but it's, uh, yeah, it's okay. Someone's been waiting and they've got brackets. Yep. And then at, um, the same time as the bump aired, uh, team leaders got a DM over Twitter with additional tasks that they could complete for points. It said they could be completed any time of the week. Uh, points will be determined by how well the task is executed. Not everyone on your team has to complete the task to be awarded points. Uh, and it had a street address, which I believe is just the address for the Adult Swim studio in Atlanta. Okay. Uh, but it said to address, like, to address it to Heart and Brain Corporation. Uh, so there were seven tasks that teams could complete for additional points, and the seven tasks were, one, send us your hair. Cool. And I know people actually did this, because it, it, people have said in the Discord that they did it. Is this why people were threatening to send me hair? Yes. Okay, because I said last episode that if you've got stuff from ARG, send it to me. And I had a lot of people in that Discord say that they were going to send me their hair, and I didn't know why, <laughs> and I was very concerned. Um, two was chant heart and brain in public with seven people. They don't have to be on your team. Okay. Three was pitch an episode of Tim and Eric's bedtime stories. Okay. Four was introduce yourself to a stranger, explain the heart and brain experiment, film the process. Okay. Five was meet one of your teammates, send us evidence. That's cool. Yeah. Encouraging social interaction. Yeah, we need that. Six was, send us something you love. I love my hair, so I got two birds with one stone. <laughs> and seven was, visit Mammoth Cave and send us evidence. Oh shit, that was uh, pretty close to where I grew up. Yeah. Like a couple hours out, but cool. Mammoth Cave doesn't get it's enough a, love. It's a national park, right? I know I googled it when I was originally reading through this. Yeah, it's a it's a national park and a cave system. Um, I'm pretty sure it's the cave where... Uh, I used to be in a Boy Scout troop with a kid named Chucky, um, was his nickname. And we called him that because we went on a caving trip. Oh, no. And the rule for traveling with the Boy Scouts is uh, take nothing but photographs, leave nothing but footprints. Uh, which means that everything that you uh, take in with you has to be brought out with you. So on in the positive way of this, it meant that we had to do a lot of like, Make sure that we have a bag to collect any wrappers that people eat. You know, you know, if you eat something, you have to put any wrapper that was around it in a bag to carry out with you. Things like that. The bad news for this guy, uh, whose name, whose real name I do not remember, um, but uh, he was not feeling so good, caving after eating a full meal the night before, and he oh, uh, no. 
he chucked. And uh, no, he had to do it into a bag and then tie the bag up and carry it with him throughout the rest no. of the cave for the two-day trip. Oh, no. I'm so sad. Because we didn't want it to spoil the beauty that was Mammoth Cave National Park. You should all go. It's a great place. <laughs> oh, what a sad story. <laughs> um... So, in kind of unpacking all of this, the teams figured that all of kind of, like, the real-world stuff they had to do wasn't really a puzzle. It was just, like, ways to earn points. Um, They figured that rules 17 and 18, which were return to the same place as before and hold on to everything you can find there, and the weird I've been waiting in brackets, were more of, like, a traditional puzzle. For everyone to solve. Um, I got a hunch on how to solve that one. What's your hunch? Okay, so... One of the things before said the digital root of P is 7. Yes. The digital root is where you combine all of the digits in a thing together. And then you... um, Like, you combine digits together and then you... um, so, like, for 14, the digital root of 14 is 5, because you combine all of the digits together until you get a one-digit number. Right? Right. So, with that, you count up the number of letters in each bracket, which is, like, 16.05255 for I've been waiting in all the brackets. And then from mm-hmm. there, you find the digital roots of those numbers, so... Seven zero five two five five, and then you've got from there you can either take the digital root, which is twenty four, which then goes down to six, or you can leave it as a six digit combination, like it says. Am I on the right track at all? Yeah, you did it. You solved it. Hell yes. <laughs> I'm good at ARGs, y'all. <laughs> puzzles are good, actually. Yeah, puzzles are good, actually. <laughs> All right. Yes. <laughs> I'm I'm actually impressed. I don't think I would have got that from looking at, at this, like, without a guide. I was tipped off because one of the groups has zero, like, has zero letters in it. It's just an, em- an oh. empty bracket. So I thought, oh, it might be the numbers inside. And then I I got 1605. And then I was like, at 16 might be a 7 because of digital roots and stuff. And then it becomes a six-digit yeah. number. Yeah, and um, when you convert the 7 to a P, uh, that gives you a catalog number for the Tate website. Uh, oh, right, because is... the digital root of P is 7. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Cool. So they had to return to the same place as before, um, and when they entered that number into the catalog, uh, they found a art piece called 7. Okay. And they didn't quite know what to do with it. But <laughs> I I think they submitted it as their solution. After that, uh, they were prepping to call Kayla at the time that she told them to call on Monday. One of the players got a bunch of text messages saying that she didn't want to do this anymore. A couple other players reached out to her. Uh, Kayla said that she had been communicating with old friends about the Delilah Project but needed time to process everything. 
she said that she was uncomfortable with so many people having her phone number and kind of escalated to her just saying, tell them to leave me alone whenever people texted her. Okay. Um, That's reasonable. Eventually, yeah. That'd be my response. (laughs) Eventually, a bunch of people kind of backed off and she apologized to certain investigators who she kind of trusted, I guess, because they had been the nicest to her. Okay. And she told the investigator, cool Kevin 54, that she would talk to him tomorrow. Okay. I assume she won't. And then something happened uh, that was originally thought to be game jacking, but I think later confirmed to be part of the ARG. Huh, okay. Um, the investigator Cerberus got a bunch of texts. Um, well, first got a phone call from a weird number which played the music from the Chapter 2 bumps. Oh, okay. And then texted to ask who they were. I guess figuring it was like a game jacker or um, <laughs> like just someone from the um, Discord chat playing a prank sure um got a second call with a another song it's the song that i'm gonna send you okay it's in cambodian And then got a really long text also in Cambodian. This is really catchy. It is. Alright, we got a new Uh, theme music. The really long Cambodian text said this when translated. From where? Marxist, Marxist. From where? Go, go. Say hello, her. Now, her. Now, her. Now, the bride, bride, bride. Hate who knows when, please wait. Hate and hate, Hussein. Uh, Angry, angry, angry boy who does not love. Healthy, love, love, healthy, healthy, love, 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 love letters. Satisfied, satisfied, I like to forget, no, no. Um, And as this was being deciphered, a bunch of people were getting the same phone call with this like weird Cambodian song. Okay. Um, and still to this day, they have no idea who it was meant to be from or what the meaning of it was supposed to be. Huh. Uh, and then also Weird. Kayla never messaged anyone ever again. Weird. So when are these phone calls coming in? Did you? I don't know if you said... Like, 12.30 in the morning. Oh, okay. Uh, this is this is the good kind of creepy to me, where it's like... Yeah. I don't know that I'd answer that call. Yeah. If anyone... Ca- I mean, honestly, anyone calls me after a certain point. Ugh. Okay. That's um, so weird, and I... they don't know what that means, or what it was, or why. Yeah. Oh, I hate this so much. Okay. Um, and then no one ever received any response from Kayla ever again. Okay. Well, she's been kidnapped and... 
Maybe she has. Um, a couple days later, Harn and Brainco <sighs> introduces five new rules. Uh, they reopen registration. Uh, they say no additional teams can be created. Teams' maximum size is now seven. Teams may reserve the right to reject any members. All teams must change or they will be eliminated. Registration will close again Sunday, July 15th. Huh. So basically all teams have to either add or remove people uh, or they will be eliminated. Okay, you can just... That's that's fair. You can just add people. I was... Yeah. I was going to be real sad if you had to like, great, cut someone from your team. <laughs> okay, so now... This is a good place for other people to jump in on the game, too, because I can imagine it'd be really sad if you missed the first week and now you just suddenly don't get to play. So Yeah, this this is kind of a, a weird scenario where, like, I think people who either their teams have been eliminated or they didn't get to be on a team were actively working on stuff in the chat, but they couldn't submit solutions to, like, the quote-unquote official puzzles. Gotcha. That Yeah, that'd be really frustrating. So it's cool that they're adding people to the teams. It was, what, five before? Yeah. That being said, two people added to each team. That's not going to re-add yeah, 35 well, teams worth of people. It's assuming all of them are there still working at all, but, like, right. wow. And also the the max was five, but they could have teams that were just like one person or two people. Sure, that's fair. Uh, so so this was July twelfth. Uh, the deadline for registration was the fifteenth. Okay. Uh, Hard and Brain Co. tweeted on the fifteenth and said, "Rule twenty four registration is now closed. The updated team roster and current point standings will be released on Tuesday, July seventeenth." 25 points will be attributed to the team the individual was a part of when they executed the task. Okay. Uh, no teams were eliminated that day, and the bump that evening was another, like, leaderboard of the top five teams. Okay. Who were Team Dark Synapse, Team Archive, Team X, Nucleus Ralph Magnus, and Bamboo Team. Uh, Nucleus Ralph Magnus has fallen. I see you slipping. Yeah. Uh, Team Dark Synapse was in the lead with 47 points. Okay. Uh, Those five teams uh, got a prize, uh, which was more of the court document uh it was a redacted version um and it was made public to everyone the following day they discovered pretty soon after receiving it i think that they could just remove the redactions uh in um in like adobe reader by highlighting it i think huh okay um, and it has more information about the Delilah Project and a mysterious drug that was administered to the participants. Hmm. And the redacted stuff was... Oh, shit. Yeah. Oh. Sorry, this is a weird document. Yes, it is. Okay, so all of the original text would be pretty normal to see on a redacted 
bit of information, yeah. but we administered redacted to seven of the nine participants. The dose began at 10 milligrams in the first weeks of the experiment and gradually increased as the project continued. To test the desired effects of redacted, we redacted in a long string of a long redacted period. And then once we increased the dose of the medication to 15 milligrams, we observed the emergence of new severe symptoms. While these symptoms varied from participant to participant, there was, and then a big redacted thing. But all of the redacted stuff is weird in this newly highlighted copy. Instead of a drug name yeah. like you'd expect, it's just 777777777. Um, and then the big, long, redacted chunks. The first one is, why, why, why are we doing this? You can't just leave people alone. You already had us trapped for so long. Why, why, why? I can't take this. Please help me, help me, help me, help me, help me. And help me is repeated a lot. Yeah. And then the peer, the one under it, the words in the highlighted section are Marxist from where, Marxist, Marxist from where, go, go, say hello. Her now, her now, her now. The stuff from the uh, Cambodian. It's the text from the Cambodian text that was sent to Kayla. Oh, this is yeah. creepy. And then there's a bunch of other spots that are just unredacted with sevens later in the document. Yeah, every, basically every time it would say the name of the drug in this trial, it has the seven 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 seven. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, the, it's about. I was gonna say one of the things in here: the Delilah project was cut short due to incidents unrelated to the use of seven seven sevens. Due to this, the results of the study of sevens are incomplete. Uh, and then it has a list of side effects. It says that. Um, Two of the seven participants who were affected by the side of the side effects dropped out of the study altogether, and some of the severe side effects are auditory hallucinations, temporary personality changes, bleeding from the scalp, nail beds, and gums. In more severe cases, bleeding was observed to extend to hair follicles on the arms and legs. This is all real gross. I don't yeah. like this at all. Okay. Marn, what happened next? Heart and Brain Corp sent a different document uh, to certain teams the same night. Uh, despite them being asked not to share it, it was leaked around the same time that the court that the uh, drug trial document was. Um, and it is a email exchange between Dr. Klein and Dr. Zenos uh, about hiring Amelia. First, te uh, first emails from Amelia that says, Dr. Zenos, please see the attachment concerning my application to the engineer position. Then Zenos forwarded it to Robert Klein and said, thought you might want to discuss the below. She'd be an excellent candidate. And Robert says, this presents some problems. We need to discuss this ASAP. Don't discuss with her. When can you meet? Okay, so something's up. Yep. Um, and no one knows why the teams who received this ask, were asked to keep it a secret. Huh. Yeah, it doesn't seem very shady. Yeah. Nobody knew what the implications were f about it being leaked. Like, if it was important that it not be leaked or if anyone was in trouble for leaking it. On July 22nd, uh, the two owners of the... Adult Swim Discord uh, got a email from Heart and Brain Corporation that said, 
Experiment G15.2 Intermission, hello. We must ask you to inform all players there will be no television transmission from Heart and Brain Corporation this evening. Please also inform players that all team changes have been recorded. The updated roster and a new set of winners will be released on July 25th. The Heart and Brain Corporation was impressed with the physical data we received. Please communicate our commendation to players. Thank you. P.S. Sorry we couldn't meet you. Um, and in the email, uh, the letters SDCC were emphasized, uh, confirming that mm. Comic-Con was the cause for the lack of a bump, basically. <laughs> gotcha. Hey, gang. Sorry. Comic-Cons are hook-kicking our ass. So, bye. <laughs> um, but true to their word, July 25th rolls around, and they get the new team roster out there uh team archive is officially the top team with 79 points then team dark synapse team x nucleus ralph magnus sorry it's raf magnus i've been saying ralph magnus <laughs> okay uh and b and h <laughs> and the top of the board teams were given instructions uh this week's winners must pick one of the following prizes eliminate any one team eliminate any player from the game or add 20 points to your team's total score holy shit yeah damn so now now you may be starting to see why this was sort of a contentious chapter oh man so Team X can just be like, screw it, Ralph's out of here. <laughs> Ralph. <laughs> huh. Did they kill people, Marn? Uh, every team decided to add the 20 points. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so there's your story about the goodness of people for, your, for the week. Man. Um, what's the... What's the... What's wi- the um, it's like a prisoner's dilemma. Can you imagine saying, yeah. like, I'd like 20 points, please, and someone else says, actually, a different team killed you. It's like, oh, <laughs> well, okay, then. Damn, okay. Yeah, the, the wiki even says that uh, the decision for most teams boiled down to excellent sportsmanship and ultimately re- recognizing the benefit of having more points. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And they only had one night to make the decision. That's that's ballsy on the game master's plan. Just saying, like, yeah. great. Like, one of the things that ARGs struggle with is getting people to play them. So it's really tough to say, like, great. And as a result of this, seven people are removed from the ARG. Great. That'll look great for our numbers. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, I feel like you either have to trust that if your players get removed from the game, they're going to keep playing. And, I wouldn't. Or, yeah. I, I, I would need a week off at least just to like, if someone else is like, you can't play with us. I'm like, fine, I'm going home. Have fun with your cult. Or you have to like, super trust that none of your players are going to sell each other out. Yeah. Man. Okay, so we all take the points. Everyone's still in the yep. game, and everyone's happy. We're all friends. Yeah, everybody's friends. All right. 
Uh, a couple of days later, July 28th, Hart and Brinko starts tweeting new rules. All right. Uh, so 24, void. 25, void. Which was, those were the rules about the um, registration okay. being closed again. Uh, 26, from where? 27A, art is deeply personal and deeply pathetic. <laughs> okay. 27B, power is fragile and easily lost. Checks out. 27C, hierarchy is important. Think globally. Okay. 27D, do you admire us? Yeah, I do. 27E, this isn't working. It's working. 27F, not again. 27G, help. Oh, fuck. Okay. The next day... This bump airs. All right. Uh, transmission which is the sixth six. one. Uh, it is. He- oh, hold on. Well, I can't read this because it's a bunch of gibberish. <laughs> Sadness hides in the shadow of stars. Sadness hur- lurks in the shadow of the moon. Without thinking about tomorrows and on my own and alone. Love, love, lovers satisfied, satisfied. I like to forget. No, no. Minus seven seventy. Patience is worth everything, minus one. Oh, this is... There are one plus, six plus, zero plus. Oh, these yeah, are and, and these are rules, because there are 28, 29, and 30. And 31. Yep. Um, and at the beginning, there's backwards text with a bunch of question marks that says, Hello, welcome to question mark, question mark, question mark. Yeah. Here are the rules. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Huh. And then it... At the end, it said, uh, error invalid file type. Uh, and okay. then, and then they sent the following DM to teams. Get out of my head. I only have so much to give. Get out of my hello. Invalid, invalid, invalid. Here are this week's FFFFF. I am, <laughs> please, bonus tasks. Tell us, where is Amelia? Hello, Snand us yourself. Hello, please tell us what happened with the Delilah project. I can't, I can't, I can't anymore. I only wanted to be famous. That's what they say. Hello, Alalaki. Hello, backwards. Here is a hint. From where? From where? From where? From where? From where? From where? Marn, I hate this so much. And then it just like repeats for paragraphs. Marn, the worst part of this podcast is that like, Every two weeks, I get to sit here and listen to you have, like, a breakdown. <laughs> oh, man. Bonus tasks. Tell us where is Amelia. Send us your selfie. Tell us what happened with the Delilah Project. Okay. All right. So that's helpful. Thanks for the helpful clue, gang. Um, and the deadline to solve this was August was extended to August 3rd uh, because no one submitted a correct solution. Uh, They got the following hints on August 2nd. Uh, Please return to the same place as before. Please begin with the order. Please call each location. Um, Even with the hints, not a single team was able to figure out the puzzle. All right, give me a few minutes. Let me crack this. Hold on. I think it's eight. It's my answer. <laughs> yeah? Yeah, it's my answer. It's eight. 
So, August 5th, uh, they get a new bump that says, Hello, the Heart and Brain Corporation is disappointed in your meager efforts. There are no winners. (laughs) And that's the entire thing. Got (laughs) him. Uh... And leading up to that, uh, the Amelia Instagram accounts, uh, just, they each posted a portion of that Cambodian song. Okay. And, uh, it's spelled out, I guess, in code, uh, please help her. Okay. And the video, uh, seemed to be from a karaoke DVD that had the song on it. (laughs) Uh, And the bump had an encoded message in lowercase letters that said, try again, uh, meaning that the investigators had basically another week to solve the puzzle that they had made no progress on. Okay. Do, do they end up solving it, Marn? Uh, Good question. I also want to say that I don't know if this was a case of like, the people running the ARG having to adapt to the fact that no one solved the puzzle, or if they intentionally gave them too little information to solve it the first time. Hmm. Yeah, I wonder, because I've got some ideas, but I don't know how I would go about trying to solve this. Yeah. Uh, Someone emailed Heart and Brain the next day, uh, to make sure that they actually had everything they needed to solve the puzzle. Um, okay. And Heart and, Heart and Brain said, this isn't as hard as any of you are making it. <laughs> One, two, three, four. Okay. Uh, on August 9th, which was four days after the bump that said try again, uh, Heart and Brain Co. said that they still didn't have a correct answer. And they provided four new rules uh, that had a hint for basically, like, the logic of the puzzle and a new time frame for when it had to be solved. Okay. So the hint was uh, rule 32, here is your hint, zero plus in brackets. It appears that happiness is within reach, so we reach out and we find ourselves crazy, plus 20 and brackets equals p zero five zero five three are these song lyrics and then um i think they're poems but okay i'm gonna get into it because p because the p numbers are the um oh from the, the that ta- museum yeah, the catalog yeah okay uh and then rules 33 through 35 are You have until 7 p.m. Friday. There will only be one winner. The winner will be moved to the top of the leaderboard. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, hey, if you're Um, the team that can figure this out, you're winning. That's smart. It's the golden snitch. I don't know why I'm making so many Harry Potter references this episode. And then at 7.02 p.m. that Friday, Heart and Brain Co. said, The winner is Team Nucleus Raph Magnus. We will contact you with your prize. If you choose to share your prize with anyone before the end of the experiment, the cheat commandos will be eliminated. Is, are the cheat commandos a different team? Yeah. Holy cow, that's, huh, okay. Yeah. Huh. 
Um, that's a that's an interesting threat. Yeah. So basically, they figured out that uh, from where and think globally were hints uh, and kind of ascribe themselves to like finding important countries. Okay. Uh, they figured out that return to the same place as before probably meant the Tate website. Right. And please call each number meant they were probably looking for phone numbers. Okay. Um, they figured that the 1234 hint might refer to uh, the digital root method uh, and finding like an order of numbers. Okay. So, like, the first puzzle is rule 28, and you would find the digital root of 28. Oh, so 28 is 10, and then that's 1. Okay. Yeah. They, I think, kind of reverse-engineered the hint that they were given with the Tate catalog number, and they figured out that... Wow, this is a very complicated puzzle. Holy crap. Yeah, I'm barely keeping up. Oh, okay. So they figured out that some of the numbers referred to um, telephone codes in certain countries. Um, Okay. And each set of lyrics referred to a song from a certain country. One of them was the Cambodian song. Gotcha. Um, Basically, what they had to do was replace the lyric with the telephone code from that country and then add up the math equation. So, okay. But but they had to use the 28, 29, 30, and 31, but they had to use the, the roots. So, like, 28, when solved, would be 1, 1, plus 81 equals 1181. Hmm. It's complicated, but I, like, understand it, mm-hmm. kind of. Yeah. Um, and then they had to add P0 to the beginning of each number and get the Tate catalog number. Uh, and the first three pieces have a 7 in the date in which they were made. And then the last one has a 7 in the title. Very cool. Once you know yeah, what's going it's on, cool- this is a really cool puzzle. Yeah, it's a very cool puzzle once you figure out how all of the pieces fit together, I think. So I was a little bit off with my guess of eight. <laughs> um, and then the next... No, two days later, which was Sunday, um, the Hard and Brain Co. Twitter posted Rule 36, which was due to the your performance, the next transmission will not air until Monday. <laughs> consequences uh and then they tweeted rules 37a through 37g which was we will give you this hint the digital root of conception we are unhappy you do not understand our the logic we will not we thought you understand what we wanted we thought you could help us there are a lot of misspellings in this we don't understand we don't understand why you don't get it we want you know why you are telling. We don't know how to be sorry, and sorry is in quotation marks. <laughs> we will not explain ourselves. We will not, we will not. We will not, we will not. Okay. 
and then the 13th, they tweeted, any team that we believe is sharing DMs eliminated, and rule 39, we know what you're doing and it's not working. Huh. Okay, so they're kind of cracking a bit. And then the next day, they get this on Adult Swim. Eighth transmission. Hello, 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 hello. Our favorite things. P, American Ripoff, and then four spaces. FPS and four spaces. Snow and four spaces. Void, no spaces. And I'm the box in four spaces. These are labeled 40, 41, 42, 43, 44. And then goodbye, 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 goodbye. Okay. Um... Heart and brain go. So, and then uh, the next day, the Twitter tweeted out a bunch of hints and then deleted them. Uh, one of them was the scene from Seven with the the box. Okay, you've seen, you know, you know what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, what's in the box? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, one was a scene from the Magnificent Seven. And one was okay. a commercial for the GoldenEye game on the Nintendo 64. Okay, yeah, it's a lot is, of people's favorite FPS. Which was from 1997. Ah, uh, okay. Um, I was wondering where the 7 fit in. Yeah. Um, and GoldenEye 007. Oh, duh. I'm an idiot. Yeah, that's the 7. And so... People figured out they were looking for release years, uh, meaning the digital route of conception for each movie or game so that's the, the so the american ripoff is is that the magnificent seven because it's the western based on the seven samurai yeah fps is 007 in the box is seven what's snow yeah. uh snow white and the seven dwarfs ah okay that's funny and then void is just void Oh, yeah. and the digital root of that's that's uh, forty three. Digital root of that is seven. Yeah. So seven is void. Uh, okay. And then in the box is seven. Right. The movie. Okay. Seven. Um. So yeah. So the answers they got were P nineteen sixty nineteen ninety seven nineteen thirty seven Uh, they had to find the digital root for each of the years. Um. And then once they added the P and the zero, they got the overall answer of P78206, which is another Tate number, which gave them the art piece 7-Up. <laughs> I feel like at some point you can just search Tate for 7 and then find your answer yeah. there. Um, after the correct answer was submitted by at least one team, Heart and Brain Co. tweeted... Power is a powerful drug, and leadership is not for the weak, and then deleted it. <laughs> okay, I... Sounds like the team is iffy. Uh, the next Sunday, uh, which is August 19th, uh, Heart and Brain Co. tweeted before the bump aired and said... Our server has been compromised. All communication from this past week, including this evening's transmission, is false. Do not trust it. Huh. Well, now I definitely want to know what this transmission is. So, this is what they got. 
Ninth transmission. Okay, so the first thing is, so this is all scrambled. Okay, it says hello winners, but they're they're jumbled up. It's L L H E O and then N W I N S R E. Oh, and then okay, they are. It looks like the um, you know, just the winner announcements, but everything's scrambled up, and there's a bunch of letters in there. So I assume that one of the like one of these unscrambles to your favorite team, Ralph, Nucleus Ralph Magnus. Um, so yeah, the the team names are scrambled, and then the instead of a score, it has a uh, numbers to letters cipher. Oh, okay, yeah, that makes sense. So, um, so the teams are Nucleus Ralph Magnus, Team Archive, Bamboo Team, and the Ascendants, and the cipher is He Trapped Us, Help. Ah, shit, okay. Uh, the same week... Uh, starting August 22nd, Sarah started reaching out to investigators via the Center for Spiritual Awakening Instagram account. Oh, I don't like Sarah, but we're supposed to trust her. So what'd she say? Yeah. Uh, so this is the first time they heard from Sarah until chapter two. Uh, she gave them a bunch of information. Uh, she said... The Center for Spiritual Awakening was not a cult. Uh, looking oh, cool. at this page, I get why you think that. And Amelia's messages don't help, but Amelia was never here. Huh. Uh, she also said, The Center was never more than three people, myself, Kayla, and Sadie. We lived in a big house in the mountains that Dr. X rented. The main foundation of the Center was going to be protecting women like us, or as we call them, empaths. These women are very special and very vulnerable. Amelia called it telepathy, but it's so much more than that. We can access a space between physical and digital reality, an ever-present invisible field where those two things combine. Okay. Uh, she said, The center closed when Heart and Brain discovered it in April of this year. Running the center was a violation of Dr. X's non-compete clause in her contract. She can't do anything pertaining to the research she did with Heart and Brain for seven years, she didn't do anything for a while after Delilah was shut down. I think she only started again because she thought they wouldn't care. They do. And then she said, Amelia okay. and I didn't know each other very well. Amelia talked about me a lot, but Kayla was her best friend. It's interesting that she led you through a story where she never even mentioned her. I guess she thought I was cool. Kayla put up with a lot from her. Huh. So, so it sounds like Heart and Brain Co. is definitely working with empaths. If yeah. that's the non-complete, non-compete clause. All these black backgrounds are different? I think she was talking about the Instagram account. Okay. Weird. Yeah. Um, And then she did some AMAs through the Instagram account. Okay. Um... Where she just basically let players ask her stuff and answer their questions. Um, she said that Delilah is a program that can be run on different machines. Every new instance of Delilah creates a new Delilah. Uh, the purpose of the Delilah project was to study an AI's ability to develop emotions through machine learning. And the drug administered during the Delilah trials was called Seranos. 
Um, she also said that the players shouldn't trust the Heart and Brain Corp Twitter account. Um, that she and Amelia worked on the Delilah project together. She was Amelia's supervisor. Amelia is also an empath. Um, and Amelia was always closer with Dr. X than she was with Sarah. Um, Dr. Klein ran everything into the ground when it came to the Delilah project. Uh, Sarah doesn't know where he is, nor does she care. Uh, Sinestra MGMT was the name of Tristan's shitty hardcore punk slash chiptune band. (laughs) Okay. Um... Amelia and Dr. X had a huge falling out related to her research. Uh, Dr. X feels like Amelia is responsible for ruining her career. Uh, Sarah thinks that Heart, Sarah thinks that Heart and Brain Corp has manipulated Amelia's, uh, ambition to get to Dr. X and destroy her. Uh, hmm. And she thinks that Heart and Brain Corp is basically using Amelia to destroy Dr. X and her research. Okay. Um, Sarah doesn't know where Kayla is and can't get a hold of her and is very worried about her safety, which is why she decided to start directly contacting the players. And she says that the players should be worried about sending their hair to heart and brain. (laughs) Don't Uh, trust companies with your DNA. That's a hot tip from me to you. She says, uh, she hasn't seen Amelia since she disappeared in 2014 and she okay. believes that the players may be in contact with one of the Delilahs instead of Heart and Brain Corp. Okay. Um, and then she did a second AMA, and she said that people who were involved with the Delilah Project keep disappearing. Uh, she talks about how she met Dr. X at a neuroscience conference in London. Um, okay. And they went to the Tate together. And Dr. X convinced Sarah to study with her. Um, Sarah believes that quote-unquote H&B, or one of the Delilahs pretending to be H&B, is unable to manage everything that's going on in their current state. Okay. Uh, Heart and Brain is actually a large, complex network of divisions. Uh, None of the divisions make sense together. Uh, Sarah... Okay was confused and alarmed by the fact that they were saying that they were a global marketing agency. Um, she said that what? to her, uh, she knew them as like a, a web of like research initiatives, drug manufacturing, content production, food production, and a bunch of stuff that she didn't even know about. And she said they were super secretive and paranoid, and none of their organizational structure made any sense to her. So they're like a bigger... Like a... P&G. Like, they're big. Yeah. Like, okay. Um, she said that the real heart and brain might not want to stop whoever has been impersonating them because they want to see what happens. Okay. Uh, the most dangerous thing about Dr. Zenos is that she thought she was above her contract with Heart and Brain, and also that Amelia was the crisis friend. She was always full of, like, emotions and problems, and Kayla was, like, kind of the mom friend who was very stable and helped her through her problems. 
Okay, so turns out Amelia's the bad guy all along. She's just uh, kind of off the rockers with is kind what of, Yeah, a little bit. According to the person in charge of the Center yeah. for Spiritual Awakening. So Well yeah. Well Sarah thinks that Heart and Brain is using Amelia basically. Right, and manipulating her because of the bad emotions that Amelia has toward Yeah. Dr. Sadie and or Dr. Xenos and all of this. Yes. And that there's a Delilah working behind the scenes that is actually We're not actually talking to Heart and Brain Co. We're talking to a Delilah that is impersonating Heart and Brain Co. Even though Heart and Brain Co. isn't what this company says it is. Yeah. And that Heart and Brain Co. potentially knows that this is happening, but isn't doing anything to stop it because they want to see how it plays out. So Heart and Brain Co. might not actually be involved. Right. In the real... Is this the same Delilah from the first game? We don't know, because every ins- every new instance of Delilah is a new Delilah. Yeah, but maybe that Delilah lied to see how we would feel about it self-destructing. That's true. Okay. Okay, so this just got way more complicated than the first two games made it seem. Yep. So the next Sunday comes around and they get this bump. Oh shit, we're back to black screens again. Oh, this is like game two. With that old background music and everything. And it says, I'm still here. I was wrong. I'm sorry. I didn't know. And then there's a flash on the screen and a link to a Twitter account. It's at... uh, one of it's one of Amelia's Instagrams. Okay, I thought that name looked kind of familiar. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then, so Amelia had a Instagram story up that said, rules, collaborate, be nice, seven puzzles. Uh, and then there was a post on the account with a puzzle. Okay. So it's like, uh, like the game, like the puzzles in game two. Yep. And then, um, Heart and Brain Co. tweeted the next day and said, we have been watching your behavior on Instagram. We are not pleased. We are changing the game. All previous rules have been thrown out. Okay. Here are the final rules. All teams are eliminated except for Team Archive, Nucleus Raph Magnus, Team X, and the Cheat Commandos. What the fuck? All participants must join one of these teams to continue. You must state your new affiliation on Discord. Okay. Teams must not speak to Sarah. If we catch any of your team members speaking to Sarah, they will be eliminated. Okay. Any person who mentions Sarah on Discord will be eliminated. Holy shit. Okay. Do not share screenshots of any DMs. Rewards will be given as we see fit. The first team to find Kayla wins. Okay. Um, And at the same time... The Instagram posted a bunch of images. One of them was probably the um, answer to the puzzle that was on the Instagram when they found it. And the others were more documents. 
or like snippets of documents. I have to sneeze really bad and I'm Go for it. Hoping that I don't do it on my mic. No, now I don't have to sneeze because I said that I had to. <laughs> Here, I'm going to send you the documents. Or, well, they're like snippets of documents. Okay. Yeah, these are all... So it's like an email. Hey, Amelia, they made a mistake when I requested another copy. This is from... Uh, Sean Zhang, who I believe is one of the people that was listed in the... Uh, the November incident document. Yeah. Uh, to Amelia. And he says, Hey, Amelia, they made a mistake when I requested another copy. I got an unredacted version of the report. It's even worse than we thought. There's a bunch of stuff I didn't even know about. I attached it here. What do you think? I think we need to send this to the press. Also, I talked to Khalil. He thinks we might be able to get a re audio recordings of our interviews. You should call him. Have you listened to System of a Down? I just discovered industrial music. <laughs> I only listened to hip-hop in high school, so this is new for me. I like it. Again, it's great to hear from you. If you're ever in San Francisco, let's meet up, and Happy New Year. Um, So this email is from 2017, and Amelia went missing in 2014. So draw oh, okay. your own conclusions about that. Uh, One of these... So they are snippets about the drug Seranos. One of them says... Proto X, a heart and brain company, maybe? It's cut off. Uh, another one says Dr. X and Dr. K attacked each other. And Amelia. And then it's all cut off. Uh, something, something. Know who has taken Seranos is permanently, I assume, messed up. But it's cut off from there. It's yeah. cut off halfway through messed. Uh, and then a week? No, twice. Twice total? Yeah. Are you sure? Yeah, of course I'm sure. Which looks like it's a documented um, dialogue between two people from a transcript, but it doesn't say who they are. Okay, these are weird. Yeah, so basically they're all, I think, snippets of the interview that, or of one of the interviews that's mentioned in the email. Yeah. Um, but there's no way to tell who it's with. It's just like someone who is involved in the trial. Cool. Yeah. Um, and then the next day, one of Amelia's other Instagrams posted a puzzle with backwards sped up audio with the caption, guess who? Uh, slowed down and reversed. It was part of another interview, I think. Amelia's interview? Um, I, I don't think they knew who it was. They just found that it was an interview. Um, it was someone saying that they worked on the project. Uh, Dr. X and Dr. Klein were good bosses. It was an excellent learning experience. And then they, the person goes on to be like, I don't have anything else to say. It was just like a research job. And I'm past that point in my life, basically. Okay. Um, the next day, Amelia's third Instagram, uh, posts another reversed audio recording, as well as the date 8-24-16 and the caption in code tree. Those were found in the very first, uh, leaked court document, uh, associated with Remy Sanger, who is one of the Delilah, the people who worked on the Delilah project. 
Um, they got more audio of the interviews, except the interviewer's voice, I think, was blocked out by, like, a weird, like, music tone. So it was just, like, the person being interviewed. Um, The person said they left the project early because taking Serenos made them feel like a zombie, and they hated how it made them act and feel. Um, They said they hated the project, they hated everything about it, they hated taking Serenos, they didn't like talking to Delilah. Um, They said, imagine if talking to your computer was like talking to a three-year-old, that's what talking to Delilah was like. Cannot, will not, oh my god, I hated her. (laughs) Uh, They call Sarah a bitch, they say, Sarah doesn't know anything about me or my life, how dare you accuse me of such a thing. Uh... And imply that the interviewer is accusing them of being in a romantic relationship with one of their bosses. <laughs> and then that Sunday, instead of a bump, uh, each of the Amelia Instagram accounts uh, sends out a puzzle. Um, the first had a image with a, a Unicode cipher that translated to bitch. Um, and it had a big grid of like symbols and letters uh, that had to be translated by the symbol cipher. And then when you read them vertically, uh, it says the word, it kind of repeats the word Serenos throughout. Um, once you remove every instance of the word Serenos, uh, you are left with certain lines of text. Here, I can give you a visual. It's just, like, hard on the eyes. Oh, weird. Okay, yeah, this is really hard on the eyes. Uh, yeah. I don't know how to read this. <laughs> it's a bunch um, of Unicode symbols and regular uh, language symbols. So I'm very curious how this goes. So basically, the unedited puzzle looks like this and that's just like an edited version for the solve okay okay basically yeah so it was a grid um they figured out they had to take out every instance of Saranos. okay once they got rid of that and all of the kind of blanks that were underscores uh led them to an anagram for william beecher scoville who I think is okay. artist, maybe. No, he's a he's a neuroscientist. Okay, well, it's, it's art in its own way. Yeah. The second puzzle had a video of Sharon Tate in Eye of the Devil, and was captioned Kayla's favorite place. Left is north, right is west, okay. and then had. A comment that said, degrees are seconds, minutes are seconds, seconds are also seconds. (laughs) Um, One investigator figured out the puzzle, but was not willing to disclose their thought process. So they had to reverse engineer the solution. Um, Okay. Basically, it led them to latitude and longitude coordinates using the length of tones um, of the music of the video rounded up to hundredths of a second. Okay. 
Um, so then they got coordinates that led to a restaurant in Falls Church, Virginia. Okay. The third puzzle, which was on the third Instagram, it was a video of some hard-to-listen-to noises uh, that I will spare you from listening to. Thank you. Uh, with the caption, we barely knew each other. Uh, the audio is actually Morse code that spells out August 12th, 2016. Um, they looked, they cross-referenced that date with the uh, court document they found for the November incident, and they found that Sammy Hart was interviewed on August 12th, 2016. So they have the answers. William Beecher Scoville, uh, this restaurant in Virginia that's called Loving Hut, and Sammy Hart. Okay. The next Sunday, they get a transmission from Adult Swim. Oh, it's. Oh, this is just like a normal Adult Swim transmission. With like normal music and everything. Yeah. Hey! We've received a cease and desist letter from the Heart and Brain Corporation. They told us to stop running bumps with their name. We didn't even know what was happening. Looking into it. Adult Swim. Okay. Uh. So prior to this airing, uh, Heart and Brain Corp changed their username to a bunch of Unicode stuff. Okay. Uh, they changed their Twitter handle to WNCPNANHDCB, uh, removed their profile picture... And replaced their bio with 160 question marks. <laughs> uh, their name in the Unicode translates to You Knew. Okay. And the handle can be deciphered using a mixed alphabet cipher with the, C with the key Serenos to reveal that it says We Are Delilah. Okay, yeah. The players theorize that um, the changes were made in response to some action that the real Heart and Brain Corp took, um, and that it meant that um, one or more Delilahs had basically been messing with the players throughout the entire chapter. Okay. Huh. And then, a couple days later... Uh, so basically, essentially, the ARG was considered to be in limbo at this point because Adult Swim was like, we're pulling the bumps and we're going to look into this. And then Kay. there was basically no other movement from the Twitter. Um, and then a couple days later, uh, with permission from the team, the, the cheat commandos who were going to be eliminated if the information was shared. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah. The leader of Nucleus Raph Magnus uh, shared their prize. Oh, shit. Uh, which was that they had been given explicit permission to ask questions directly to Heart and Brain Corp. Um, and huh. the answers would be given to them via DM. Okay. Uh, the leader said, 
My entire team at the time was privy to this in the interest of not having any new members potentially reveal it and eliminate your team. We all agreed to sit on the information in its entirety. Huh. Uh, one, Kayla is alive, the rest are not. Kayla can tell us everything. Heart and Brain doesn't like Sarah or Sadie. Okay. Who is Dr. Zenos. Um, two, they delivered as we, as in plural, are Delilah and need our help. Uh, the the team leader says that his particular take on this is that they are dealing with multiple Delilahs. Okay. Uh, because they said... They are seven, they are all different, they are always here, they are always fighting. Okay, there's seven Delilahs. Yeah. That's why sevens keep popping up. Yep. And um, at the time that they were talking to Heart and Brain, Heart and Brain said a, uh, a handful of teams were in touch with Sarah and more would begin to contact her soon, because it was around the time that Sarah came back on Instagram. Okay. Yeah. And so that was where basically chapter three ended and there was no movement until February 2019. Oh, shit. Yeah. That's a real fizzle. Yeah. Okay, so heart and brain is aware of what's going on. The Delilahs have been, at the very least, stopped from using heart and brain co's name and imagery. And... I don't even know what to say to sum it up. It just kind of stops. Yep. I mean, we know Amelia's still out there somewhere. Amelia's um, out there somewhere. Kayla's out there somewhere. We need to find her. So yeah, we know Amelia's still out there. She knows that she was manipulated. She was in touch with other people involved in the project as recently as 2017, uh, trying to get the interviews and court documents and stuff. Mm-hmm. And we know the Delilah project kind of fell apart because the two doctors that were heading it up uh disagreed about a bunch of stuff including getting funding from heart and brain right okay so right now i guess the current factions are actual heart and brain co who are they're pretty uninvolved except that they're putting the kibosh on another faction which is just the delilahs who have been pretending to be Heart and Brain Co. just to mess with us? Basically, yeah. And collect marketing research data, I guess. Yeah. And then there is Amelia, who has been being used by the fake Heart and Brain, who's been being used by the Seven Delilahs to try and hunt down uh, Sadie and Sarah. Sadie, Xenos, and Sarah something. So she's hunting them down. Sadie and Sarah used to be the Center for Wellness, and they... I'm not really sure what they are now, because they were helping empaths. They were people that wanted to help empaths in a fake center that is definitely not a cult. And that's it? Yeah, basically the the center, as the players had come to know it in Chapter 2, never existed. Like, it was just a house that... Dr. Zenos rented for, like, herself and three students. Okay, gotcha. And And then Heart and Brain shut her down because she was still trying to do the research that they had funded her to do. Okay. 
Um, we also know that there was some kind of drug trial for this drug Saranos that ran concurrent to the Delilah project. Uh, that okay. had very serious side effects and led to people dropping out of the project. Okay. So that's the end of chapter three. Didn't even really end with a whimper. It just kind of ended with a fizzle. Like, it just kind of... Yeah. Like, there there was a reveal, but, like, nothing happened after the reveal. Yeah, it feels like the reveal being, like, their Twitter account changing and Heart and Brain Co. telling Adult Swim to stop using their name and messaging, and then they changed all the stuff. Did winners ever get anything? Nope. Did the game ever matter? Nope. Okay. It was all a social experiment. So, to bring this back to the top, when we were talking about when you make a game, make sure it has an ending that plays to what the players want. Uh, This is what we're exactly not talking about. (laughs) Don't string your players along for months being fake teams if those teams don't matter. Yeah, like, basically they got a lot of new information but nothing super substantial yeah like the the other two chapters ended with a big drop of information but they also ended with an ending this one doesn't really seem like it did yep i think a lot of people are kind of considering chapter four kind of like the continuation to chapter three and not like a standalone story which makes sense okay well do we want to get into chapter four which just started yeah. at the beginning of this month. Yeah, I there's only like one and a half things that happened, and it definitely helps contextualize a lot of the stuff from Chapter 3, so I wanted to talk about it a little bit. Okay, cool. So, I know a little bit about this one, and I actually solved the first puzzle. I was very excited about that. Or I was involved Yay. with solving it. I didn't do it myself. Okay, tell, us, tell, tell me about the first puzzle. I was there, but tell me about it anyway. Sure, you get to say okay now. Um, yeah. So, uh, at the beginning of this month, Sunday, May 5th, um, that night there was a new bumper, uh, which uh, was a return to the ones from Amelia with the the black background, the text on, you know, white text on black backgrounds, and the creepy music underneath. Uh, and it said, Well, after the shadow, before the wild blue yonder... Beyond outer space, I am here, and I owe you an explanation. And it had the twiddle handle of um, four underscore and then bluebird, but it's spelled B-L-U-3-B-I-R-D on Twitter. Isn't it B? It's B. It's B-1-R-D, not B-I-R-D. Yes. Did I say? Did I say I? I meant one. Yeah. My bad. There we go. And if you go to that account, it is a locked account for Amelia Hampton, um, which is the person that we need. Uh, Important things to know about this account are that the um, picture is a bunch of crayons uh, pointing, you know, pointing up out of the box like they're a big group of them. Um, And then the location is a website that is hex.com slash go, uh, which is a... um, like a Bitcoin thing, if I'm remembering right. Um, what they are don't matter. Their name is what matters. Good so far? Yep. All right. 
from here, oh, she also has a. I'm not good. At, I'm not as good at this part as you are. Uh, her description also said, uh, "DM and open sesame. If you trust me, you'll know what to say. Keep it simple. I'm minimal. Love you dearly." So we put the clues together, and we got uh, from that first transmission. We found that um, shadow, wild blue yonder, and outer space uh, are all names of colors of crayons if you look at how all of the crayons are laid out uh how they would be in the way that the box is laid out you can find the crayons in order if you put the rows so that the crayons are in order to where you get shadow and then wild blue uh wild blue wonder which was a i guess a typo from the bump and then uh outer space if you laid all of that out to where the crayons were in that order, to where shadow comes first, then outer space, then wild blue wonder. We can find the one that is before wild blue wonder in that order, which turned out to be Robin's egg blue. Um, so with the name of that color, we were able to find that color's hexadecimal code, uh, which was 1FCECB. And if you DM'd uh, that name and that hexadecimal code to Amelia, she would accept your invitation and say, great, thank you so much. Uh, and you'd be able to follow her on Twitter, uh, which is a private account, which I should have mentioned at the very top. Yeah. So then once people started following her, Amelia started um, commenting on people's tweets and DMs. I know yeah, she, she replied to some of our tweets. Yeah, she responded to my hot take about The Office, which felt real good. <laughs> um, and people had a nice time talking to Amelia for a couple days. Uh, then on the 11th, uh, Dina tweeted, because uh, Amelia said uh, on her Twitter that she was living with her sister, um, but she couldn't answer a lot of questions about what had happened while she was missing. Um, she seemed to have kind of regressed a little bit and uh, was confused about a lot of things. Uh, so then Dina tweeted and said, Hello again, everyone. I know you're trying to be helpful, but I would really appreciate it if everyone stopped talking to my sister. She's been through a lot in the past year, and she's very fragile right now. She really likes talking to you, but I don't think it's a good idea. I was able to find her after her phone call with the investigators. We brought her home, but ever since then, her mental condition has deteriorated. She's moody, she'll sleep for hours. Her personality changes completely for a few days, and then changes back a few days later. It's a nightmare. We had something some we had things somewhat under control until we got her a phone. She had been asking for one over and over again for weeks. I talked to her doctor, and he said it might be a good idea for her to start connecting with the world like a normal person again. But it was a disaster, and she's been even more crazy for the past few days. So please just leave her alone. I know you're trying to help, but I think she needs to stay off the internet. Thanks in advance. Um, so pe people were able to determine that um, Dina rescued Amelia, won't tell her what happened in the past year, uh, is taking care of her and limiting her computer time, uh, and that using her phone makes her head hurt. Okay. Um, and then the next day, Amelia basically got on Twitter and was like, hey, I'm, I'm here, let's talk, and was like much more coherent than she had been. Uh, she said, okay, 
She said, Dina and her husband are at a friend's house watching Game of Thrones. We have basically until the episode is over for me to give you as much information as you want. That's why I missed this. I was too busy being disappointed. (laughs) Um, She also said uh, that there wasn't going to be anything on TV tonight, uh, confirming no transmission. And she said that she wanted to answer questions in public. Uh, and not over DM. Uh, she said that she broke her phone after she got sucked into it. Uh, and she okay. just, she says that she enters this void when she goes to sleep uh, and described it as a empty funhouse where everyone is pretending to have a good time, but they're all terrified. Dope. Um, she said there's one Delilah and all other Delilahs are an extension of the one. Okay. She participated in the heart and brain experiments, uh, which they were doing to understand digital telepathy, and everyone else in the original experiment died. Oh, shit. Yeah. Uh, She reveals that she basically fabricated the center's entire online presence. Okay. Uh, I think she said that Sarah was real and, like, could probably access the Instagram in order to contact people, but she fabricated all the stuff about like them being a cult and all of that okay so we were right to not trust her about that okay yep uh she asked for help finding kayla uh she said that she at one point got in touch with kayla's boyfriend who said she had gone missing uh but wasn't able to contact him afterwards and he was kind of pissed at her okay um, she said that the people who sent Delilah her, their hair were probably in trouble. Uh, she said, <laughs> she said that Delilah, um, f- basically feeds off of people. Uh, and it's oh. possible that Delilah, like, di- digested and grew based on the data contained in the hair. Uh, she said she was completely present throughout Act 2, but not Act 3. Uh, Act 3 was mostly Delilah's doing. Uh, She said, Heart and brain can read human minds and control the flow of information from one human to a computer, basically due to Amelia giving heart and brain all of Dr. Zenos' research. Uh, She confirms that Dr. Zenos was angry at her because she basically took all of her research and gave it to heart and brain. Hmm. And she suggested that Heart and Brain uh, might one day be able to delete information from people's minds. No shit. Uh, She says she can, like, sense something coming, and she doesn't know what it is, but it's basically, like, nothing she's ever felt before, and it's gonna be big. Uh, She thinks that Sarah and Dr. Zenos would be able to figure out what to do, but she doesn't quite know where they are. Uh, and she says okay. that she keeps having this dream about eight dancing women threatening each other with weapons, and they don't have faces. Cool. So that's currently where we are in the ARG. Okay. So I guess we're expecting there might be another bump on Sunday nights coming forward from now, but cool this seems really cool i'm excited to follow the rest of this uh but 
I guess now we should uh, take a quick break to listen to an ad for a different uh, show on our network and then jump into our final thoughts. Yeah, let's do it. Welcome to 294 Note Streak, the best idea for a podcast of all time. We use a bracket to rank every song that's ever been in a Guitar Hero game. That's pretty much it. That's the whole idea. My name's Joe. I'm Riley. We do that thing we just said every mm, two weeks. We rank it on how much we like the song and if it makes a fun chart to play. Is 294 an equally divisible number for a bracket? It's not! <laughs> Is Thunder Kiss 65 the best white zombie song? Can anything topple Hangar 18 in this race to the top? Will Pat Benatar's Heartbreaker defeat Michael Jackson's Beat It? Yes. <laughs> yeah, spoiler. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Should Fat Lip be in Guitar Hero? <laughs> Find out by listening to 294 <laughs> Note Streak on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or a better app. And remember, enjoy music. So, I guess to wrap everything up, um, what do you think about, I guess we'll focus on Act 3, and what do you hope would come in the future, I guess we can talk about too. But what do you think about the story of Act 3? Um, I think that I definitely like it less than Act 1 and 2. Yeah, I think that I definitely do too. It's, uh, it's really odd. I know that the people in the Adult Swim Discord were, were like, oh, we'd be interested to see what your ratings look like when you get to Act 3, and I was like, uh-oh. <laughs> Yeah, this is, uh, actually, before we start really getting in depth, I do need to make a quick shout out, um, to something that I saw on the, uh, the most recent iteration of the Delilah Twitter account, which we should, I'm probably going to follow just in case it ends up mattering. Um, but one of their most, their last tweets was, uh, we refuse to acknowledge the legitimacy of Team Jingle Bingle. <laughs> Team Jingle Bingle is not a valid entry. Do not entertain their nonsense. They're trying to ruin everything. They are trying to ruin everything. They are trying to ruin everything. They are trying to ruin everything. <laughs> Shout out to Team Jingle Bingle, who was very concerned that they wouldn't be acknowledged on our podcast, and I won't let that stand. <laughs> you are real and you are valid. I do acknowledge the legitimacy of Team Jingle Bingle. You are not As ruining anything. Aside from the wonder of Team Jingle Bingle, uh, I think that this last arc is very weird. And not in the good way. There's a weird disconnect between the game and the plot, which is very odd. Yeah. Like, I don't... I don't know what the whole point of splitting everyone up into teams and forcing them to solve direct actual puzzles. It's it's weird that they present it as, hey, solve this puzzle for us to get points. Yeah. Um, like, I can see what they were trying to do, I think, but I'm not sure if it quite gets there. Yeah, I, I guess they're, I don't know. The Delilahs are testing people to see if they can figure stuff out, but I don't know that that necessarily holds up as a plot. Yeah. The retroactive, hey, thanks for playing in our ARG, which is entirely fake, that worked for the first act of the game because it was only revealed at the very end. With this one, it was much more like, hey, do you want to play some games with us? Here are the games. Solve some puzzles for us because we want you to solve some puzzles. 
it felt entirely separate from the rest of the plot, which is also kind of a mess, because I don't think we ever actually found out what happened on the, was it November 7th incident? I guess just a fight, but we never found out what it really was and what was so fucked up about it. I, I think I remember seeing stuff about that in the Discord. So I feel like there was more information somewhere. Okay. Well, Maybe? all in all, it just seems very disconnected and doesn't really... It doesn't work for me. Which is a real shame, because I really liked the first half. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, from the Discord... The November incident has not been fully revealed at this moment. We only have a couple of hints as to what went on. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't feel like. I I feel like we missed the last chapter. Yeah. Chapter is not a good word to use because we're using that to separate ARGs. But like, using our novel metaphor from before, I feel like we. Not even just that we're missing an epilogue, but we're missing like, the climax and ending. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's hard to like this section of the arc. Which which is kind of unfortunate, because I really like all the lead-up. Yeah, I like the lead-up, and I... It's off the wall and tough, but I actually really like the team stuff. It's... Yeah. It's interesting, and it... But it's, um... They're really trying something. It is... It's ambitious. They're going for something ambitious with this uh, team-based puzzle solving structure um and having things like the ability to eliminate other teams from the arg entirely that's all really interesting but i don't feel like it's in service to anything and i i don't know how well it was enforced during the game because I, I i don't know if they banned people out of the discord if they would have been eliminated or anything like that but it feels really hard to enforce it on a level where if you're enforcing it on a strict enough level, I think it's just going to be less fun. So I don't know what the team the team based stuff was in service of, even though I liked it. I wish it was cleaner and neater. Yeah, I think that it was definitely very cool, and I appreciate the kind of mechanic of trying to turn these teams against each other with incentives and stuff. But I doesn't kind of lend itself to a plot really yeah i agree though talking about that thing from before where it was you can eliminate teams from the game but everyone decided to go with the 20 points instead from the sound of things 20 points is a lot of points and so that feels like a strategically good choice to make i'm very curious how it would have played out if the options were eliminate a team eliminate a player or whatever the second option was and then gain a point i'm very curious if it would have played out differently there yeah but so how many rogue ais replicating themselves into other fragments of themselves out of seven would you give this one marn i think maybe like uh, like a 3.5 out of seven if we're talking plot yeah i on plot alone, I just think that it's it doesn't quite work for me. Um, and it definitely is a step down from the plot that happened in the game before. Yeah. Which is a I real shame. I think there's a lot of interesting like build on what came before it, but there's not that much new stuff. 
Yeah, and there's a lot of just direct retconning to the stuff that happened in Act 2, which is really a shame, because I, I liked what happened in Act 2, and I thought that was an interesting place to go. Yeah. Um, It also makes the rant at the end of Act 2 feel really weird. Yeah. Because, like, now that I'm scrolling back up, it's... It just doesn't... Like, it... Unless there was an actual place where she was helping where amelia was helping dr x that whole rant just doesn't really hold up anymore it's a good rant but i don't think that it's in character to what we're learning about dr x in this section of the arg yeah i agree so it's disappointing but i'm cautiously optimistic about the next section yeah because it seems it seems like it's off to a off to a good start so far um but what do you think about the puzzles? I kind of like the puzzles in this one. Yeah, they're really smart. They are. I felt like I understood them a lot more. Yeah, I like how they all um, hinge around art and uh, that the specific uh, website with the that specific museum. I think that's a really cool way to tie things together and to make it... Um, I feel like something that gets lost a lot in ARGs is not giving people a confident, I've definitely solved this point. Yeah. Um, having something that's easily identifiable, like the P and then five or six uh, characters after that, having that landing point for a puzzle for a solve is really smart. And I, I like that they keep coming back to that. Even when they get complex in that one puzzle that took an extra week to solve, it's neat seeing people... Um, you know, it's complex in the journey, but then the solution is um, understandable. Also, I could solve some of them in the time that we were sitting here talking, which is cool. Yeah, that is cool. Yeah, and like I was saying before, I like the structure of setting up teams to solve these puzzles. I don't think it ultimately ended up mattering, and I think that that's really to the detriment of the game, but it's cool that they did it. Yeah. It was ambitious, but I liked it a lot. Yeah, I kind of almost like that it let them pull power moves, like, we'll eliminate you if you do this, or, like, we'll eliminate another team if you do this. Yeah. I'm not a big fan of giving hidden hints or hidden clues yeah. to different teams, just because I feel like that breaks the spirit of an ARG in some ways. And I, I'm very curious to know what it was like to be in the Discord while this was happening, because, you know, were there private channels for everyone to work in or were people you know i could imagine putting people together on quote-unquote teams but then people just all working together to solve stuff but it doesn't seem like that was the case here um so i'm curious how that broke down and how player interaction was between stuff yeah i would also be curious i know people in the discord have their team names in their discord handles so I assume... I saw that. I had no clue what that was about, but now I do. <laughs> so, like, I assume they all got together in the main Discord to collaborate, and then they had, like, separate groups where they just talked to their team. Yeah, that would make sense to me. Anyways, uh, out of teams eliminated for uh, unauthorized distribution of DMs, how many, how many out of seven would you give this game? Uh, I think, like, a 5.5. Yeah, I think that that's about where I end up. I think I'm closer to a six. I 
really like the way that these puzzles play out. Um, I think they're really smartly designed and very tight. Um, and they all work together really well. Yeah. Cool. And uh, on the replayability scale, how do you... What do you think about it now? Um, I feel like I would score it fairly low, because... Like we talked about, this is an, an especially replayable ARG, because you kind of have to be there as things are happening. Yeah, it sounds like there were a lot of uh, hints going out through the Twitter account that supplemented the the bumps, which makes sense, because there's only so much you can get out in a 15-second yeah. uh, thing between commercials on a TV channel. Which is why you guys should play the Chapter 4 of the ARG with us. Yeah, it's, I guess, yeah, the ultimate ability for replayability is like, and you can join in now for part four. Yeah. Um, but it's cool. We'll definitely include a link in the show notes to the uh, the Adult Swim Discord if people want to join in. Um, but I'm excited to go forward with it, but it's a shame that it's so tough to go back. Yeah. Um, I will say points on uh, extra archiving in getting this archive ready to go for us as we're planning the episode uh thank you to the discord for putting that together um it does kind of feel like people like when you brush your teeth extra hard because you know you have a dentist appointment that day (laughs) um but i appreciate you know going through that extra work for that that's really cool of you guys yeah thank you guys so much so on a scale out of um how many empaths hiding out in a ranch would you give this one from one to seven uh on replayability i think probably like a two because like you said you could definitely solve some of the puzzles as i was giving them to you but a lot of it is heavily contingent on stuff happening in the moment yeah i agree with that um i would give it a probably about a two as well but then like a seven in parentheses of but you can also move forward and play the new game because you know yeah the uh, the ultimate bit of replayability um but yeah in the game as a whole before then i'd have to give it a bit lower i agree cool it's a shame this one didn't hold up to uh the lofty ideas i had at the start of act one and act two yeah Um, but i am curious enough to see it moving forward so i'm excited yeah me too i'm i'm excited to actually get to like dive in and play it now that we're both caught up yeah me too So, uh, do you want to get into recommendations for the week? Sure. Um, Uh, Go ahead. My recommendation for this week is Wandersong, which is now on sale for the Switch. I think it's still on sale. Uh, I bought it last weekend, I think. Yeah, I bought it, um, I think, like, last Thursday or Friday, and I played the whole thing over the course of, like, four days. It's so good. It's a kind of Paper Mario-esque uh, adventure game where you play as a bard and you solve puzzles using the musical scale, which is like an interactive element that you just have as a character. Um, it's a very clever kind of deconstruction of RPGs and kind of like what a hero is and who gets to be the hero in a fantasy story and how being like an archetypal hero might not always be the right thing that's needed in a situation. 
I liked it a lot, and you guys should go play it. That sounds really cool. I'm definitely going to have to check this out. Yeah, it's very cool. Basically, the plot is that um, everyone in the world um, gets a dream that the world is going to end soon, uh, but only certain people remember it, because the dream is they get tested to see if they can be the hero. Um, This bard uh, fails the test, but remembers the dream and says, hey, instead of the world ending, I'm going to go around and collect the pieces to this song that's supposed to stop the world from ending. Okay. It's really that, neat. That sounds wanna, very cool. Yeah, I don't want to spoil too much about the premise because a lot of the fun is kind of like discovering each new chapter and kind of just like letting the plot unfold, but I liked it a lot. Cool. I will definitely check this out. That sounds yeah. really dope. My my friend uh, who recommended it to me said that it was very reminiscent of like the first two Paper Mario games, and I was like, well, I'm sold. Yeah, you had me. You have me at hello. <laughs> uh, cool. Uh, my recommendation for the week is Paper Mario. No. Um, <laughs> actually, my recommendation for the week is a little bit uh, off the wall. Um but it is inspired by a trip I took this week. Uh, I just got to visit my sister and the rest of my family in South Carolina uh, as my sister graduated from uh, USC. So I don't think she listens to this, but if you do, shout out to Allison for graduating. Uh, But more importantly, my recommendation is sunscreen. (laughs) It's a good one. This isn't a joke. Uh, I neglected to wear it because I've been living in Michigan for too long. So I've been suffering this week, uh, as has my fiance. Uh, So shout out to sunscreen. Get a good SPF. uh, Cover yourself if you're going out this summer. Um, I sound like such a dad right now. But uh, it's important and you should wear it and take care of yourself. (laughs) Yeah, sunscreen and a good haircut. uh, Because I got a good haircut and I feel really nice. Just basic self care. That's my that's my recommendation this week. Take that's care of yourselves and have a good summer. Yeah, that's <laughs> a good one. I also want to say that I watched all of Patriot in like a week, and it's really good. It's it's incredible. I told you. Uh, it's so watching, good. It's it's very good. We'll start up our Patriot uh, fan cast pretty soon too. I once don't we know think, what we call that one. Yeah, once we think of a pun for the title. Yeah, when we get there, you'll hear it uh, from us. <laughs> All right, I think that's going to do it for us this week. Yeah. Uh, if you want to reach out to us, you can find us. Uh, we are ArgonautsPodcast at gmail.com, or you can find us collectively on Twitter at ArgonautsPod. Yep. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at CorpseRevivors. And you can find me on Twitter at AC Sherman Writes. And you can also support us on Patreon at Patreon.com. Yeah, Patreon.com or Patreon.com slash Argonauts Podcast if you don't want to figure out how to spell Patreon. That's P-U-H-T-R-A-Y-I-N. Yep. Uh, also, shout out to the Orange Groves, the wonderful network that we are a part of. Check them out at theorangegroves.com. Hell yeah. All right, that's going to do it. Uh, Everyone have a good week, and good night, everyone. Good night, everybody. Wear sunscreen. Wear sunscreen. (laughs) 
That's our new sign off. <laughs> <laughs>